0: I don't know. I just would rather stab a knife in my thigh multiple <laughs> times and watch. I mean, to see movies like this, they just—they just make me so angry. <laughs>
1: ah, ah, ah. Welcome to Pulp Fliction, the year-end episode, my favorite episode of the year. With the Oscars on the way, we're going to count down our top ten favorite movies of 2016. We also have some fun categories like most overrated, most underrated, and some other fun surprises for this show. I am Brandon Rabar, as always joined by Jacob Crissip and Rachel Jameson. Uh, I'm excited about this show. It's my favorite show of the year. You guys pretty excited about counting down our favorites? What do you guys think of 2016 As a whole, in the year of movies, just kind of a summary of 2016.
2: I think it's pretty weak overall. Honestly, there's probably only three movies I thought were were worthy to be nominated for an Oscar, and in more recent years, they would have been beaten. Thank you like for the buzzkill.
1: Nice well, way to start off the show. Well, that's are excited about the show. Or anything about it. This, this movie you asked me what so, I thought about no, 2016 you're right, you're right. movies yeah, I and I thought overall I
2: they were not that impressive but there are some good ones. There are eh. definitely some ones that you need to see. I'm just saying overall kind of a disappointment.
0: Yeah Jake. I'm actually right there with Rach because the critics will say this is one of the best years we've had in a while and the only reason I disagree, well I'll just piggyback what Rach was saying in that there's a lot of good movies out there, but a lot of them are really depressing. And I think because the blockbusters were such a bust this year, that's yeah. what made this this year not very fun or exciting for me.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I and I would also say that there wasn't you know kind of the cream of the crop this year. There's you know a few movies that everyone is as pegging as the favorites for the best picture Oscar, and I think those are kind of a wheat crop compared to most years. So we're kind of all in agreement here that as a whole 2016 was down but there are still these 10 that we've chosen and some other ones that we're going to mention uh are still all really good movies and movies that you should check out if you haven't seen yet uh let's just jump right into it starting off at number 10 your favorite movies of the year what is your number 10 choice mr chris
0: i'm gonna go with lion and uh a lot of that's because i'm fresh off of seeing this movie I thought the first half of this movie was great. I thought that uh, the little boy who stars in it was outstanding and which little you know child actors are you know kind of tough for me but uh I thought that he uh did a really good job, but mostly i mean it's technically it's edited very well the story is' it just kind of rips you apart because you know this is one of those stories where it just kind of it's very hard to watch for the majority of the film and then it all kind of gets wrapped up and good in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as, uh, you know, telling the story, um, how it was technically done, the music was amazing. Uh, Overall, it was a really good story. The second half fell flat for me. That doesn't mean it's not good. I just thought that once they kind of brought in like the grown up actors into it, it was just kind of like just okay, a little heavy handed in some places. Agreed. But that doesn't take away that this is a really good movie. Yeah. Worthy of being nominated.
1: Yeah. I think that's a. That's a great choice. Sonny Pawar. is the name of the the actor, sorry. Yeah. No, I I think that's a great choice, and I agree with with all those things that you said. I think that if the second half of the movie would have been as good as the first half, we could be looking at another real true best picture contender. Um, But it did kind of fall flat in the second half.
0: Let me just say that, since I didn't really say it, Lyon's the story of a little boy who gets lost somewhere in India. Well, he gets kind of on a train, gets taken far, far away from his family. And you know when he's into his 20s, he use Google Earth to kind of retrace his memory or his you know, his steps in order to find his family again. Um, that's probably kind of important when talking about a movie.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen this movie, which is why I'm giving you no comments on any of this. That's all right. But I have only heard good good things about it. Yeah, it's so. good flick.
1: Yeah, it's a good flick. Yeah, yeah, Jacob thinks it's like one of the top ten best movies of the year. So you should definitely check it out. Number
2: ten, to be exact. Yeah, that's right.
1: What is your number ten movie of the year? It's Rachel? a
2: little film called Ten Cloverfield Lane. Hey, mm-hmm. did you
1: do that on purpose? Number ten was Ten Cloverfield Lane. Was that purposeful?
2: No, it
0: was not. Well, it's funny because last year we were—I uh, was listening to our podcast from last year, and your number eight was The Hateful Eight. So, hmm. huh, mm. interesting. Very. So, Ten Cloverfield Lane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um <coughs> I, I really liked 10 Cloverfield Lane. It was, um, it's kind of a formula that you have seen before, but I thought it was done really, really well. Didn't love the ending, but really loved John Goodman and his performance. Um, and the ending wasn't bad enough that it ruined it for me. It just didn't end the way that I would have preferred that it ended. Um, but there's definitely a purpose to the way they ended it. That could be for the greater good, but Overall, I was really impressed with the claustrophobia that it gave you. Um, it was really good at building suspense, and John Goodman might have been one of my favorite characters. His character in this might have been one of my favorite characters of the year, just because he was so difficult to figure out. At any, in any, any moment, he's a big teddy bear or he's a huge, threatening, violent man. Yeah. So, but so, I really enjoyed it. Eggs. Pour it all to help with your pain.
3: Please please just let me go please there's
0: nowhere to go Michelle.
3: you lucky to be here at all
0: I don't understand
2: there's been an attack a big one. I'm not sure yet if it's chemical or nuclear. But down here, we're safe.
3: I, I was driving north of here.
2: You were in an accident.
0: I saved your life, Michelle.
1: Thank you so much for saving my life. I—I
3: I guess I should—I should go to a hospital now. You can't leave.
0: Damn, a little bit off, opposite of you. in that—I um, thought that the whole movie was just okay, but I love the last 15 minutes yeah. of it because the last 15 minutes goes a way different
1: direction.
2: It does. It feels like a completely different movie. Yes. Yeah. It is another movie. But with a reason. Yeah, with yeah. a so. reason. And
1: and it's, it's within this world that's been created. Um... I'm with you. I actually, we've talked about this before. Your number 10 movie is always the hardest to pick because you, yep. there's a lot that you want to fit into that number 10 spot. And at one point, actually, 10 Cloverfield Lane was my number 10. I ended up getting uh, rid of it because I feel like...
2: 10 and 10 is too on the nose. No, for me, I just
1: <laughs> wanted to talk about this other movie because I felt like it hasn't been talked about at all. But I love 10 Cloverfield Lane for this. And I'm with you and not with Jacob. I think that... Before the first 15 minutes were my favorite, and the suspense that it built, and the John Goodman character. And I'm a fan of claustrophobic movies, anyways, where right. you're kind of in one setting and you build uh, tension through that. And I really, really like the twists and turns that it took. Um, Yeah, so good pick. Uh, that movie has actually gotten a lot of love this year, which I'm happy about.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's. Kind of got a little undercurrent buzz yeah. going for it. I yeah. feel like it's
0: going to be a forgotten movie, and I'm okay with that. <laughs>
2: also, but did you know that um, Damien Chazelle was one of the screenwriters? Yes,
1: Mr. Whiplash, Mr. No. La La Land. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Did not know that. Uh, I bet you Jacob likes it more now. It's okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm thinking that. I could about <laughs> Nah, it makes it sound like I don't like it. It was, it was all right. I just feel like it's you know going to be forgotten. Um, well. Not by not, me. Not in the Pulp Fliction uh Brethren's, but don't forget that. (laughs) (laughs) Brethren's. It is Sunday. Yeah, it is. Okay, so my number 10, this is the movie I want to talk about. Directed by Michael Schollwalter, who is, of course, famous for Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, this is a fun little movie. It's a romantic comedy drama starring Sally Field of all people. She gets a huge big crush on. She's a sixty something woman, and she gets a crush on a coworker who's like thirty years old, played by, by Max Greenfield from uh, New Girl. And it's also got. Uh, so, what's the name of that movie? Oh, have I not said it yet? Nope. Gosh, I'm off my game. I thought you were just giving hints. I'm distracted by the All Star game, which is being played right now while we're recording this episode. (laughs) Uh, Hello, my name is Doris, is the name of the movie. Uh, See, it's so um, underrated. I'm forgetting to tell you the name of the movie. That's how little it's been talked about. Uh, This is a fun little movie, and I bugged you guys all year about watching it. I watched it, this movie came out early. Uh, 2016. I bugged you and bugged you and bugged you about watching it. Did either of you watch it this year? Nope. No. Pass. Screw both of you. <laughs> see, that's why it's on my list. My number 10, everyone go out and see Hello, My Name is Doris. Sallyfield puts in just an adorable, adorable performance. Hey, dorks. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for the coffee
0: earlier. Also, sorry if I was rude. Anne's been on me about the December catalog since I got
2: here. It's been kind of a thing. I understand. Cool. All right. Is that a baby Goy on the nuclear winter city? Yes, that's my favorite band. You're kidding,
1: wow. Wouldn't have thought that you'd be into electronic music. Oh,
2: I am. I'm, I'm a real music person I like. You know, electronic and doo wop and show tunes.
0: You're a baller, Doris. Straight up. Thank you. Pound it. No, pound it. Put your fist next to mine. Yeah. Explode it. Make a (laughs) raid.
2: Bye. I Love adorable performances. As adorable. Favorite, like, she's oh, a 60s. She loves walking out of a movie and be like, wasn't she so she adorable? Was a, no, because
1: she was, no, it was a really good performance too. Like <laughs> there's times where she's dramatic and it's great. But she's trying to fit in with these like thirty something, so she's like going to like uh, concerts like a Was
2: it cringy though? Like a yeah, rave. Was it cringy or was it adorable?
1: No, it was adorable. I mean, you feel for her, but then she's so funny. No, it's so good So
2: because she's adorable It's less cringy Of like, ooh This old lady's trying to hang out With these young
1: kids Okay Kind of
0: like (laughs) like the Meryl Streep movie That she did last year Where she's trying to play In the rock band It's just like Oh, Uh, no, no, no no. It
1: wasn't like that No, in this It was um, All the young people liked her But you don't know Whether he Wants to be with her also If there's any sort of Mutual interest or not And so the whole movie You don't know And she doesn't know Whether or not He's into her or not So How is Max Greenfield? Because he can be Kind of annoying on you, girl no, he, he, was, he was likable. He was, he was friendly. You can see why he's, she's into him. Okay. He's really, really a sweet guy. All right. Him. He is. Screw you guys. Y'all aren't going to watch it. Why are you answering these I'm, questions? Uh, you know. <laughs> whatever.
2: i put it on the list.
1: Our listeners will I'll,
0: I think we, have a, we should have a Brandon list. Uh, we just add all these movies on there that he keeps advising us to
2: watch. <laughs> and we're just never going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, we
0: just say, yeah, yeah, that one. That, that's that's going to be but the you, one. But hey, Jacob, have one. you
2: watched The Guest yet?
0: Uh, I have, actually. Have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> just
2: for the record, I bought Jacob the guest for uh, Christmas and then gave it to him at like the first of February or something. But My DVD player won't open, it won't eject.
0: Mm-hmm. But sure. one yeah. of on my PS4 will, so yeah. no excuse. They did just take it off of Netflix. I went looking for it the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. That's unfortunate. So now you can only watch it on a DVD if you have one.
1: Well, you do Good have thing. one. <laughs> Good thing. You're covered. Hello, my name is Doris. This is 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Bastards. It's Jacob, three on IMDb. <laughs> it is sixty-three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you sure?
0: Yeah. Metascore.
1: Oh, the Metascore. Okay. It's okay. Six point seven by the. Oh, okay. 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 That sounds a little bit more right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, your number nine favorite movie of two thousand and
0: sixteen. Uh, my number nine is Hell or High Water. Great choice. It is the modern-day western starring. Um. Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Jeff Bridges, and Gil Birmingham. Now, uh, this is the story of uh, two brothers here, Robin Banks, in order to kind of pay off a family loan or, or debt. And um, Jeff Bridges is the Texas Ranger who's tracking them down. Jeff, Jeff Bridges and Gil Birmingham. Um, this movie was really good, really surprising. It could have been like really cliche. You know, it's sort of an action, modern day, Western. Um, but really, it's slow paced. Um, it's acted, I think, really well, especially by Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is nominated for a supporting mm-hmm. actor in this, and I think it's well deserved. We've had this conversation about Jeff Bridges before um, in his a lot of his nominations lately, and that he plays, he can kind of play in the same character, yeah, right? Yeah, he is. I
1: love Jeff Bridges, like, and I loved him in this, but it's kind of hard true, for me great, to crazy hard. He's a really good, you know,
2: grumbly cowboy. Yes, yeah. he's very good at it.
1: Yeah.
0: Reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Robert Duvall in a way. Like they yeah. just they just have that knack for it. They do. Um, but he, I st- I still think he brings in a great performance and it is a little bit different than his other Western performances he's done before. Um he just it's like he's got a, a big old can of snuff in the bottom of his lip the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Um but you're right, he's very much much more grumbly than uh oh, it's hard to say more than true grit, but whatever. Um He's more of a smart ass. This movie can be really slow paced, so I can see how it might turn some people away from it. But the last 20 minutes, I think, is great. Between the shootout that they have with the brothers, um, between, um, oh, the relationship that you just kind of told between Jeff Bridges and Gil Birmingham because they're partners while tracking them down. You really see a lot of emotion now with Jeff Bridges there towards the end. And then um, there's a good uh, conversation between Chris, P- Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges in the last of the movie. Help me understand that.
2: Help me understand why four people died so you could steal money that it don't seem you've spent, that it don't seem you need. You got a family? My partner had a family, a big one. They don't got no pump jacks in their backyard. I didn't kill your friend. Yes, you did. By setting this thing in motion. You expect me to believe you with your dim-witted brother planned this?
3: Oh no, this was smart. This was you. I've
2: been poor my whole life. I told my parents, their parents before them. It's
0: like a disease. Passing from generation to generation becomes a sickness, that's what it is. In every person
2: you know not my boys. Not anymore.
0: This is theirs now. I got, I watched it again for the second time uh, in the last week, just so I was kind of getting prepared for this. And I just kind of for, I forgot about this um, since this movie came out back in August. But I'm glad I rewatched it because it was like, yeah, this really was a good movie. Like, There's a lot of great dialogue being exchanged back and forth and uh, just kind of some head games between the two. Um, just, I thought it was really powerful really good
1: yeah it's one of my favorite movies of the year as well and I think my, my only thing with I, I, I agree with all the things you said I just have a slight I just don't feel like it's best picture worthy because it's so small it's kind of simple like there's not much oh, yeah. to it like it's written well and it's acted well but at the end of the day as far as like the storyline and things like that. It's just kind of a simple movie that but we've But you could seen say before. that about
0: a lot of movies this year. I'm sorry. You could say I that agree. about um, that, Manchester by the Sea. You could say that about uh, The Lobster in a way. Um, oh, Lobster is uh, way different. I mean, it's than- complex, but, I mean, it's simple in nature as far as
1: – Yeah, simple in nature.
0: I mean, the, like the calmness of it maybe. Yeah. Um, Arrival, I mean, that's not simple, but mm. I, I don't know, simple – I'll back off. Yeah,
1: take the L. Got to think about that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but still a great pick. I I do think again. It was for me. It was one that kind of bounced around uh, my top ten. Maybe
0: it's simple because it's
1: kind of a cliche story. It is banks, cops, and robbers. Right. It is.
2: I did really enjoy it though. I think oh, it's a I good movie it. and it, it's probably in my top fifteen or so. It would be I my mean top it's 15. it's really good. Yeah.
1: It was considered for my ten, so uh, Rachel, your number nine favorite movie of two thousand sixteen.
2: Speaking of the lobster, a very complex movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that example. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've seen was like the lobster game. all over it's the place. A, it's my number nine. It was pretty straightforward.
2: <laughs> it's, it's a normal story. It's that timeless story of... Crap, um, Good thing I have <laughs> editing ability. <laughs> We've lobster, seen this so many times. The lobster tells the ageless story of uh, a future where um, you can choose to... Uh, put yourself in a situation where you can be paired up with somebody and if it works out, then you're happy forever. And if not, you get turned into an animal. You know, that old chestnut. Yeah. (laughs) 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 This was a really... I walked into this movie mostly blind. Uh, What I said was pretty much the scenario that Brandon gave me. And um, so I didn't really know what to expect with it. And walking out of the theater, I was very confused about what I just saw what I thought about what I just saw. But the longer that I sat with it, the more and more I loved it. And I think this movie is pretty genius. And I rewatched it, and it was so much funnier the second time because you understand what you're seeing and what they're trying to say. Um, I don't know that I would just recommend it across the board to anyone, but if you like quirky, weird movies, and if you are willing to kind of dig into the deeper meaning of of a movie and not just take it at face value, then I would recommend it to yep, you. Very complex movie. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even mean that last dig. That was just a comment. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. The Lobster, one of the most unique movies I've ever seen. Actually. Uh, I feel like everything I'm saying now, is just the diss to Jacob. And I'm not, I, not meaning to, he's uh, going to cut yeah. all of it out. The it whole, is, the whole review was, of mine is just going to be like, no, no, is good. No, no. There's no way I can because we're talking
3: about
0: that <laughs> so much. People going to be like, what are they talking about? So I'm the asshole in the room tonight. Yeah. There's always got to be one, and that's usually Brandon.
2: <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, great choice. Great choice.
1: Uh, I love the lobster as well. Um, was
2: it hard? F- did you know more about it, either of you? Did you know more about it I knew the basic it? premise.
1: I knew the basic premise. Same. Uh, okay. and, and other than that, this – actually, The Lobster is one of the movies I most look forward to all year because I had heard about it, read okay. about it. And then I started seeing the reviews, and I really, really wanted to see it. I actually saw it in Dallas, so I got to see it before we got it here in Oklahoma City. And uh, I – I loved it right away. Wasn't, there it, is wasn't no, it
0: delayed quite a bit, too, on its release? It was. Okay. That, yeah, it I, was. Because I was at the the same, but I knew a little bit what it was about and yeah.
1: that I've been waiting for it to come out for a while. And Colin Farrell has just been on fire lately. We'll he's is fantastic. Uh, uh, he's got a movie out coming out called The Beguiled, uh, which I'm just really, really excited about. I saw a trailer for this weekend, but we'll get to Colin Farrell maybe again later on. Uh, my number nine favorite movie of 2016 is... Captain America: Civil War. Here, here's the deal. We all saw this. We all loved it. We watched it together. Uh, pro- easily, my number one most anticipated movie of 2016. I'm a huge Spidey fan, and uh, finally to see Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe. Of course, I was excited about that. But then it ended up being just an exciting, fun movie for superhero fans everywhere.
0: Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun watching it with y'all. We yeah, were we were going pretty nuts on the airport scene when the, oh they my god finally rolled out Spider-Man and. Oh. Uh, there was a lot of great, great scenes in that movie. There
1: were, and it was so much fun. I mean, I, I think that without it, most people came away saying that Spider-Man, Ant-Man, and the Black Panther stole the show, and uh, they were all so much fun. It was funny because the main, you know, storyline is about Cats in America versus Iron Man, and there was a lot of cool drama in that, but I think the new guys kind of stole the show. Why are you doing this?
2: I got to know, what's your Emma? What gets you out of that twin bed in the morning?
1: Because because I've been me my whole life and I've had these powers for six months. Mm
3: -hmm. I read books, I build computers. And and yeah,
1: I would love to play football, but I I couldn't then, so I shouldn't now. Sure, because you're different. Exactly. But I can't tell anybody that, so I'm not. Look, when you can do the things that I can,
3: but you don't, And then the bad things happen. They happen because of you.
0: So you want to look out for the little guy. You want to
1: do your part, make the world a better place, all that, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Just looking out for the little guy. That's
1: what it is. Y'all know, you've seen Civil War. Uh, It was just the most fun I had at the movie theaters all year. I, I will
0: say I heard a lot of people say that there was just too many people to keep up with. Really? Yeah. Now, I didn't think so, but I also keep up with comic book characters right. pretty well. Um, But I think, I'll just say like my both my parents, for instance, they were just uh, a little bit overwhelmed. Really? Yeah. And it was just a little disappointing for me because like this is leading up to Infinity War that's going to have even more characters. Right. And so it's like, and they're just not the only people I'm hearing that from. Um I don't think that. For me, it doesn't take it away from me um I still loved all the back and forth dialogue. I think the Russo brothers did a great job directing it and writing it um so yeah, I'm with you I think it's my highest ranked uh comic book movie of
1: the year yeah it is it's definitely mine it's my highest ranked blockbuster I just I guess blockbusters better way to put no
0: yeah. I, have, I have Star Wars higher, but that's just because I'm a Homer
1: yeah well yeah <laughs> that's true It's my highest ranked blockbuster I think critically, uh, actually, I would say it's a flop yeah for sure. For sure, I can tell you that. Yeah, for certain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, really? (laughs) Yeah, I've just decided. Uh, (laughs) uh, Jacob, your number eight favorite movie? Well, in that case,
0: my number eight is Batman v Superman. (laughs) 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 No, no, it's not. It's actually uh, Sing Street
1: nice yes <laughs> now see this is a movie i bugged you guys about that you actually listened to me on and aren't you so happy that you did
0: well dude you act like i've never heard of uh, john carney who I had to look up his name real quick
3: <laughs> <laughs> you
0: act like i've never heard of hold on a second <laughs> i am not on my a game
1: tonight
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah no so obviously a big john carney fan I yeah, am, because uh, yeah. he did
0: direct once. He also directed. <laughs> Forget about it. Um, <laughs> the other one, Beginning Again. Begin Again. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saved you from uh, looking it up. We're a big fan. Yeah, we're a big fan of uh, Once and, uh, Begin you know, Again. best movie. that I think it was the best movie that came out that year. And uh, so whenever you said Sing, Sing Street came out, I remember right, seeing the trailer for uh, for this. I'm a big New Wave fan. I like 80s right. um, nostalgia, things like that. And that's what this movie does. It's a story of a boy who um, is trying to impress a girl, so he starts a band in order to do that, and they kind of create new wave type '80s music in right. order to win her over. But at least, and also tell the story of this this boy and his family as well. Yeah, because of the relationship between he and his brother, um, uh, uh, acted by John, Jack Rayner, I guess the the main actor is uh, Fredia Walsh P- Pilo. That's very strange. But yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you no, know, the. the the interaction between him and his brother are great throughout the movie it's an awesome theme actually family's a great theme through it brotherhood's a good f- theme through it but also just kind of reliving what it's like to I mean music videos yeah um, 80s music yeah. creating music creating anything um, it's a good movie uh, very well done very creative on John Carney's part, the guy just has a knack for writing stories with music in it. And just I just character building. Yes, for um, sure. I, I thought it was a great
1: movie. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. Like, no matter what you do yeah. for the rest of your list, you can have Batman be Superman as number one. And I would still love your list because SingStream made it.
0: Yeah, so you can talk all the smack you want that we didn't go see. Uh, my name is Dorothy or whatever you call it. <laughs> Doris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, like, you know, I went out and saw this one pretty quickly. After you, you did. You did. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, need to I didn't. That one. Which I, I waited appreciate. for Netflix. <laughs> Gosh, what
1: an a-hole.
2: In my defense, I rented it, and then you have 30 days to watch it, and I didn't watch it. And <laughs> then <had> 30 days?
1: <laughs> what were you really doing no in excuse. 30 days? <laughs> she was not doing anything
2: cool I was cool pretty busy Sing for Street. those 30 days. <laughs> uh, but then it came on Netflix, and I watched it for free.
0: How many times... I- Oh, yeah. I bought it and then it came out on Netflix like the week later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we both it. gave oh, well. money to it. No, that's good. And we both watched it. Yeah, that's good. All right.
2: Okay. My number eight is Everybody Wants Some. Nice. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Yeah, two exclamation yeah. points. Which is just weird. It um, is. It's a, it's a link letter film. So it has the uh, coming of age theme as yes. he does generally. This is a little bit of. It's set in the. I think it was advertised as like it's set in the 80s, but it's and right. it is, but like we're talking like 1980. Yeah, it was more of a 70s it was more feel. Of 70s. So There's I was like a little lip. bit disappointed that there was a 70s feel instead of an 80s feel. But other than that, it's I, supposed to be like
0: right at 1980. Or yeah, something, because it's, like, it's supposed to be somewhat of a spin off of, well, Days of, Confused. Days of Days of Confusion. Days of Confused, Yes. I mean, it's not the same characters by any means, but there are a lot of similarities. There in, is. in the themes and stories. And there all is, all but
2: I. I I really like the characters. There's uh, It made me laugh. It just. It had all of the normal link letter things that I really like.
0: Who the hell? Are- oh, uh, Jake. Bradford.
3: Infielder? Pitcher.
2: Mm-hmm. What? Hey, whoa! Just what
3: well, we need another fucking pitcher.
1: Not a lefty, are you? Uh, no, no, right handed. Thank
0: God. These guys are always so fucking weird. Like
3: Nez? I hate that guy. I love Ness.
1: He's fine. He's just
3: fucking weird. Hey, I'm just gonna tell you
0: something right now. Yeah. I hate pitchers. Okay. So you and me will be teammates, but we're
1: not gonna be friends or anything like that. Mm-mm. Might give you some kind of edge if I gotta face you down the line in pro ball. If you ever make it there, I'm just not gonna do that. All right. You no, know, Linklater. I mean, he has such a such a unique style and feel. You either like him or you don't. If you like Days of Confused, you're going to like Everybody Wants Some. And the dude is super talented. And what I like most about his movies is that you feel like you're there. You feel like you're getting a slice of life from that era. And I love that about his movies. But at the same time, it was kind of douchey, though. I mean, some of the characters were douchey, but I mean, I think that's because of the... I mean, we're looking at... You know, college where's these, baseball players. Right, college baseball They're players. They're kind of douchey. Right, whereas like Dace and Fuse, we're looking at, you know, high school kids. And so we kind of spent more time with, with some flamers, with some losers and stuff like that. Some of the nerdy types. Also the jocks, but... This movie, we did spend a lot of time with the baseball players.
0: Yeah. Uh, shout out to Temple Baker, who played, uh, basically, John Elway's son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seriously <laughs> he looks like... hilarious. Go look go Every look time he up. was on screen, the three of us laughed. He was, we was saw this doppelganger. Together as well, in the theaters. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a fun flick. Great, great soundtrack, as always, for Linkletter. Yeah. Good choice, Rachel.
1: Thanks. My number eight favorite movie of 2016 is a movie that... Okay, so remember, this is favorites. If this were best of... This would be in my top 3, but because this movie is so hard to watch and so depressing, um it's down at number 8 for my favorite movies of the year. Age 17? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh no, I'm talking about Manchester by the Sea. Okay, so brilliant acting. Yep. Um like you said it is kind of a simple story, um but you kind of get hit over the head a couple times with just some really depressing things some it's just a sad movie to watch and uh i don't think i'll ever watch it again but i watched it i appreciated it i liked it and i'm done with it and i will this will probably you know i'll talk about it now and it's just so sad yeah yeah uh, but but it's funny too i uh, i like that they did balance it with some humor there's a lot of moments between Casey Affleck and Lucas Hedges who are both nominated for oscars in the roles. Um a lot of moments between them kind of breaks up all the depressing stuff that's happening around them. Um as Casey Affleck is trying to take care of his nephew who's a teenager and kind of trying to forget that his dad died by chasing girls and being in a band and that kind of stuff. Um if you're listening to this more than likely you've seen it or you plan on seeing it, just be warned it's a great movie, but it's super depressing.
0: I would watch it more than once, but it might come up later on my list.
1: Yeah. Oh, so, so it's not on your list. Later on my list. Oh, later As on. In your later list. <laughs> oh, on my I list? thought you said <laughs> he <laughs> was trying to
2: be subtle about it, but yeah, you got my it's bad. On Jacob's list later
0: my.
1: is what that means. Gotcha. <laughs> in the uh, overrated uh, column. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could. Some people are saying that though. Really? Yeah. Some people. I can see how your parents. They. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what we're gonna do with this show to celebrate? The 2016 movies. We're also celebrating the music, which is a big part of these movies. Some great soundtracks this year, and here is one from a Best Picture nominee. Uh, this is the Lion theme from Lion by Dustin O'Halloran. Thank you, Mr. O'Halloran for that great rendition of the Lion theme. Great movie, great soundtrack. All right, so getting not back a to th- creative name, no, it's not, <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, getting back to the list, though, let's go to your number seven favorite movie of the year, Jacob. What is it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this at the very beginning in that you know there's a lot of down movies this year, and a lot of my movies are more critically in my list as opposed to favorites. Because honestly, I just didn't have a lot of favorites, but I. Had, a whole ton that I respected, and Moonlight is up there. Yeah. Um, no, I did really like this movie. Don't don't get me wrong. Moonlight's very good. I just don't have a whole lot in common with it. Um, Moonlight, up for Best Picture. I think it's one of the top three that will win. I don't think there's anything else that will come close to the top three. No,
1: they're on a different tier than the right. other ones. They're right. the ones with a chance.
0: Right. It was written and directed by Barry Jenkins and uh, starring um, – oh, well, it's told in three parts. You have uh, Alex R. Hibbert. As uh, little you have, uh, Ashton Sanders as Sharon, yeah.
1: then you have Trevante Rhodes
0: as Black, and of course it tells his relationship as as a child, as a probably teenager, and then as a as an adult. Great story, really hard to watch, really hard to see how this person deals with his issues, how this uh, character deals with their issues. Uh, but it kind of comes to terms with it in the end, as most movies are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, big shout out, though, to uh, Mahershala Ali. Uh, I know that we've all been a big fan of his performance in this movie this year. But, oh, yeah. One of my um,
1: favorite performances of the year, period. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Um, I just really liked his character and, you know, and that he kind of played that fatherly role, that leader, when he himself wasn't a perfect person. Right. Um, but their relationship is great in that in that first act together. Um, I think we talked about this quite a bit, my favorite of the of the three acts. Is actually the second act, where he's just kind of angry and whatever. But I just love that scene where he's walking into the school, and you have the orchestra kind of, you know, playing more and more like the warm-up theme, and it's just kind of like kind of utter chaos. And then yeah. boom, he just smashes that you know chair with the back of that kid's that seems back. It was awesome. It was just a great scene, very powerful. You can see just dealing with so many emotions that you didn't. I don't really feel like you saw in the first or third act, maybe because it was more physical, because he was certainly dealing with some stuff. Well, and all, 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 three acts. But for that one, I just—it was good to see some kind of physical come out of it. You know, just chaos. But well, I, we, I really we liked saw it. some
1: more physical stuff come out of that second act uh, You're right for that, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> just pouncing on it. <laughs> uh, so, what didn't you have in common with the character, though?
0: That I am a white heterosexual male from the suburbs of Oklahoma City. <laughs>
1: That's a pretty big those, difference. Those yeah, that's pretty, yeah. pretty yeah, significant. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> choice, though. I, I think it's absolutely uh, deserving of all the praise that it's getting and certainly a top three movie of the year. And you can rank them, I think, if if I were to get a critical view, I would say you could rank those three, La La Land, Moonlight, and Manchester in any sort of order and be correct. Yeah. Um, Rachel, what is your number seven favorite movie of the year?
2: The Nice Guys. Oh, which is a weird pick, and I, I don't expect. So. I heard
0: on someone's number one pick of the year. Really? really? Yeah.
2: Who was that?
0: Uh, some dude on YouTube.
2: Can I be friends yeah. with them?
0: On YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: the nice guys is uh, stars Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling and Andre Rice. I don't know how to say her name. That's probably is that not the right. daughter? Yeah. Okay. Um, but she plays Ryan Gosling's daughter. And this is one of the... Why can't I, Oh, um, If you've seen Shane Black movies, or at least if you've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is one of my favorites, it does kind of follow that same formula of two personalities that are a complete conflict of one another that have to team up to solve a problem. Right. And you can't really say yeah. Shane
0: Black without saying Lethal Weapon before you say Kiss Kiss Bang well, Bang.
2: Well, Kiss Kiss Bang You're Bang is like movie. in my top five <laughs> of all time. And it... Yeah. But it's the same...
1: Well, and he directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, whereas he just wrote the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh, he but you're just, right. he just wrote the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, just he just right. a little yeah. small, you know. Uh, Hardly anybody's heard of those movies at <laughs> yeah, yeah, all,
2: Jacob. Why yeah. would you bring up something so obscure? <laughs> <laughs> that
0: <laughs> don't even sell like a package deal for those movies on uh, uh, iTunes. to just do all the other
3: ones.
2: There you go. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like this movie. I like that formula. I think that the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe is. Really good. Yeah, it's great. Um, Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's not, you know, it's not an Oscar worthy movie by any means, but I just really like this movie no matter how many times I see it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not a perfect movie, but just them together and their kind of shenanigans from a certain way to put it, it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I definitely had some issues with some of the things that unfolded and how they unfolded. It was just, it was so far. Out of the realm of possibility, even within a movie world, some of them were just ridiculous. They weren't making logical choices. Now, I know but that, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I know now
0: Ryan Gosling was you know, on the Mickey Mouse Club and things like that. Does he have like a background in comedy by, by chance? Because he can play that real well.
1: He started off on the Mickey Mouse Club, actually. Well, he just, said, just said, that, said that,
2: so wait to listen, Brandon. Uh, my bad.
1: <laughs> literally just said
2: that. He's literally pretty just, impressive. He literally Thank just it, said, baby. I know he was on the Mickey Mouse Club, but did he do <laughs> it? <laughs> the Mickey Mouse Club. He was in the bad. Mickey Mouse Club. I got a
1: text from my wife. Oh, okay. Actually, and it's about the mouse. mouse. No, it's.
2: There's a mouse in the house? We have
1: a mouse in the house. Hey, she said, one. I can hear that little asshole mouse. <laughs> and my wife doesn't cuss. She really hates mice, though. <laughs>
2: Oh, no. The question was to you whether he has any other comedy background other than the Mickey other Mouse Club. Other than the Mickey Mouse
1: Club, which, of course, you knew he was in, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm judging no, you, sir. Yeah, I right know, no, I know. Uh, you know, really, no, he start when it came to movies, he really got. No. Okay, just <laughs> yeah, just that's besides okay, crazy, that's okay. stupid love. I just think he can do that really well. He's because so. he's
2: really charming and he's so. ridiculously Maddie. handsome and yeah. he looks like he's Photoshopped. Yeah, all yeah, those things he, are still he, true. He
0: does cocky funny very well. Oh,
2: he, he does. does. Yeah. You're a private investigator. <clears throat> Look, there's 20 bucks in there, all right? Just take it. No, I'm not
0: here for that. I told you. you went and all hired me. Yeah,
3: if we can do this the easy way, we can do it. The Glenn,
0: way. what Lily Glenn, two ends old lady hired me to find her niece on Tuesday. You just gave up your client. I made a discretionary revelation. No. No, you just gave her up. I asked you one simple question. but You gave me all the information. I
1: thought that's what you wanted.
0: What? Ah. Now, I'm very sorry that you didn't get the message. <clears throat> I get it. I dig it. What about
3: now? Give me your left arm. Huh? Your left arm. Give me your left arm. This one. No. Yeah. Come on. No. no. Right. Look. When you're talking to your doctor, just tell him you have a spiral fracture of the left radius. No.
0: No. Deep, deep breath. <laughs> you mind
1: if I have an apple? Ah. And what people don't know is Russell Crowe can be really funny too. Yeah, uh, and especially when he has somebody like Ryan Gosling to go off of. I just thought that they were brilliant. Like together. in Gladiator, he was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Him and, jo- and Joaquin—that was like a comedy dream team. <laughs> Oh, some Three Stooges stuff when he put that knife in his back. Oh my goodness! Spoiler alert! <laughs> Don't worry, I'll never watch it. You've never seen. Oh, you haven't, Russell you know Crowe. Shut up! I hate it. I'm no, so mad. We just have to put it out there for the world to hear. Yes,
2: this is the main one that I won't watch to take Brandon off, though. just yeah. for the record,
1: it's only one Best Picture, whatever. Never gonna watch it. Interesting. Yeah, she's stupid. My number seven favorite movie of the year. Is actually, okay, so let me tell you something. I'm really disappointed in myself this year for two things. I normally watch a bunch of foreign films and a bunch of documentaries. And this year I failed for sure in the foreign film category. I only watched a few. uh, And this is the only one in my top 10. This is uh, from France. It's called Elle. This movie was actually supposed to be an American movie, it's an American director. It's the same dude who did Starship Troopers and Basic Instinct, Paul Verhoeven. And,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about this director. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so random. yeah, it's random. He's done some really good stuff in the past, but then he did kind of some controversial things and kind of got forgotten about, but he's a talented dude with the right script. Anyways, uh, he approached a bunch of American actresses. And none of them wanted to do it because the material was so risque. Uh, so they didn't quite want to do what the character had to do. And I don't want to go too much into it, but it's a drama thriller mystery romance comedy. I mean, it's kind of all those things. Sci-fi, horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's such a good movie, and uh, a lot of people think, and, and I probably agree with them, that Isabel Hooper, the main actress in this, gives the, the best actress performance of the year, and she's gaining a lot of steam as we get towards the Oscars uh, for a possible win. If you haven't seen Elle, and I know neither of you have, uh, you really need to see it. Look, can I, I'm just going to read
0: off a couple of this guy's movies that he's directed since '87: Okay, Robocop, Total Recall, awesome, Basic awesome, Instinct, Awesome, Showgirls, <laughs> Starship <laughs> Troopers, Awesome, yeah, and you know, Hollow Man and whatever after that. Yeah, oh, Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> Screw this guy. <laughs> just so random. Yeah, and then he just kind of was out of. Yeah, he kind of fizzled after yeah, that. Yeah, fizzled, and then but he's back Showgirls and Total Recall.
1: You didn't like Total Recall? Oh yeah, I did. Oh, you're just saying like the how those are his two favorite. It's just so. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying those are his yeah. two favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but this movie it's 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 a fascinating watch, and you you just really have to see it to to get why everybody's talking about it. Well, the seven people who watched it are really talking yeah. loudly yeah, for about like it. After
0: one day, it was in Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> My number seven is L. Jacob, your number six favorite movie of the year. To my surprise, it was The Edge of
0: Seventeen. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah The Edge Are of Seventeen. Are you a 15-year-old girl, Jacob? Well, <laughs> I feel like it some days. No, not <laughs> No, I do not. Uh, now, this movie was uh, written and directed by Kelly Freeman, Freeman Craig. Uh, it's starring Haley Steinfeld, Haley Lou Richardson, Blake Jenner, Kier Sedgwick, and Woody Harrelson, and Hayden Setso. Um stories of a seventeen year old girl who's going through some hard times in high school. What mm-hmm. else can you say? It's set up so cliche it is. that I don't think it got any steam until it was actually released because who would have thought that you know yeah, another, that... another teen movie was gonna be I think as good as this one was right right now what's so good about this is how they write their relationships, how you know you could have all these cliche characters in the movie, but you can see that they're all dealing with their own things. I actually just rewatched this this week, so it was kind of fun to rewatch it again and see if it held up to how it was when I first saw it in the theater. And I think I did pretty well. Um, still had some good laughs. Woody Harrelson, he's just so good in this movie. Um, I think really the award though goes to Hayden Setso, who is kind of like her. And- Uh, hidden interest, we'll say it like that. Right. Um, I mean, you're all pretty sure where it's going to go, so I don't think that's a big spoiler, but, uh, he's so funny. He's, he plays that George Michael and the rest of development awkward so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just overall, I can't really take it away from, uh, Haley Steinfeld. While her character was kind of annoying and obnoxious and selfish, Mm -hmm. she still was a very good, it was very well portrayed by Haley Steinfeld. She carried the whole movie.
2: Also, she's a 17 year old girl, so they're going to be kind of annoying.
0: Well, when you see her though, when she was in true grit, you know, she's got some pretty good acting chops, I think. She oh,
2: does. Yeah, she is she does. I like her a lot.
1: Yeah, she is. Uh, I loved Edge of 17. I couldn't believe how much. I'm with you. Uh, I I just kind of thought it was going to be a typical. I started seeing the good reviews. I was like, ah, is this she's just one of those, like, H. like the bling <laughs> ring where it got good reviews and it's a stupid teen movie. No, this was, like, legitimately a great movie. Uh, yeah, a great movie. I stand by that. Yeah. Um, Got a little
0: crush on Haley the Richardson. She's she's also in split.
1: Yes. I got a crush on her too. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's 21, so I can say that. Yeah, oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just oh, yeah, looked it yeah. up. Yeah. It's
0: fine. <laughs> no, I knew. Don't worry, I checked it before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, looked, I looked it up after I saw it. <laughs> uh,
2: oh, I had a joke. Uh
1: Rachel, <laughs> your number your number six favorite movie of two thousand sixteen. Much to Brandon's delight, it's Sing Street. Nice. I'm a little disappointed it's not higher, but nice. It's higher than Jacob had it. No, I'm... I'm you didn't I'm give t- him crap about no, it. No, I'm just, I'm just happy you both have. Honestly, I'm just pumped that it's on both of your lists.
2: So we've already kind of covered what it's about and what makes it good. I feel like it's a kind of heavy movie year, like, like all. Two of the three best Oscar or the best picture nominees that I feel like deserved it are Moonlight and Manchester by the Sea. And these are two very heavy movies. Yeah. For and sure. I felt overall there weren't a lot of happy-go-lucky, just really fun movies this year. Maybe it's just the selection I picked. But Sing Street is just such a fun watch. It's a fun experience. It doesn't require... I mean, like, it's, it's easy.
0: You mean like Hidden Figures?
2: I don't know where else to go with that. Yeah, no,
1: I'm just pumped that you both liked it so much because I was such a fan of it. uh, And I do kind of have a little movie crush on John Carney, the director-writer of Sing Street. After Once and This, Begin Again. Oh, I thought you were going to say the girl in it. Oh, dude, but I did look her up. She is a hottie. I, I I I would start a band with my nerdy friends to impress her. Let me just say that. Jake would be playing ukulele. I'd be playing the xylophone. So you mean it right now? Uh, right no, now wait,
2: you'd no. do it. be
0: the bass player, man. Come on. Oh, <laughs> well, no, that's too
1: cool, though. Then you'd impress her. I don't want that. I've got to give you something goofy. Uh, <laughs> my number six favorite. I
2: really hope it's the edge of 17. <laughs> Lucy Boynton.
1: Lucy. Lucy Boynton. <laughs> I was waiting for that. You
2: knew. Yeah. We saw that coming a mile away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my number six favorite movie of the year is another one that was on Jacob's list uh, and it's a Best Picture nominee, Lion. And I won't get too much into my feelings is that to say that sometimes Jacob and I disagree, sometimes we agree, and then sometimes he says things and I disagree with every word. And this is one of those times. I disagree with every word? No, agree. Oh, okay. Like, uh, I don't know if we've ever lined up more with i'm saying like you everything you said about line i completely line uh. up with and that's rare for you know to, you usually line up, up with well then no, 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 no. <laughs> no i mean usually uh line <laughs> up with it took me a second but there's actually one of the
0: movie this year that you and i line up uh
1: yeah like for, like completely oh yeah 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 uh that's right uh <laughs> that's a secret guys uh but, You'll learn about it later. But like you said, the first half, brilliant. Second half, still good, just not as good. Gets into Hallmark territory. Uh, kind of cues the the tears and stuff like that, which was still effective. Um, but it was a little bit – you know, the first half was kind of gritty, what the boy goes through. And the second half, I just felt could have been stronger. You said it. I don't want to repeat it too much like I already just did. But I just think – bears repeating because i feel like it could be in that tier with the story is so strong and it's based on on true events that i feel like if they could have made the second half stronger it could be right there with manchester by the sea moonlight and la la land
0: it just dragged a little bit i mean i think they really could have written out rudy mara completely they could have Um, absolutely that one shot where he just kind of he's going over and over on google maps over and over and it shows the earth kind of zooming either in or out and it just, that holds that shot for like yeah. five, ten seconds. And yeah. it's just, it's, yeah. it's nine or whatever, four seconds too long. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's just, it just really drags that second part. and, yeah. and It's well, still and it's just- worth seeing, but it's just too long.
2: Saru, you need to face reality.
3: What, what do you mean, reality? Do you have any idea what it's like knowing my real brother and mother spent every day of their lives looking for me. Huh? How every day my real brother screams my name. Can you imagine the pain they must be in not knowing where I am? Huh? 25 years, Luce. 25!
2: Why didn't you tell me that was happening for you?
3: We swung about in our privileged lives. It makes me sick. I have to find out. They need to know, him,
1: okay. Well, and you know he's safe now, so you're not as you know the the first half. You're really and and the little boy is adorable. You're right. I mean, like they show
0: like the little boy, like in a way being tortured. You know, just because he's suffering as a little kid, but like right. their way of showing him suffering as a twenty year old. I didn't really have that much. Sympathy for sympathy him, for yeah. Him, like I did when he was a boy, right? I mean, exactly. He's still dealing with some stuff, but they just really tried to dig it in as much as they could, and it wasn't
1: quite necessary, right? And and that that scene with Nicole Kidman kind of felt like an Oscar bait scene. Like, oh, oh we need God. to get we need to get Nicole nominated. Let's give her a scene was, where she can. And she was good in the movie, and that good. scene was fine, but it just kind of felt. You know, it felt like they were kind of trying. Yeah, Oscar bait. I don't think she should have been nominated, to be honest. I don't either. She wasn't strong enough to be nominated. There were other people that should have been. But still, that said, it's still my number six. Despite some faults in the second half, I still liked it so much it was my number six movie of the year. Jacob, we're in the top five now. So, normally on our list, we do top fives. That's just our thing here on Pulp Fiction. It's always a top five list. This is going to be kind of long for us because we normally do half this. So, Typically, those movies we just talked about wouldn't even exist. We wouldn't even talk about those. This is like getting down to like the cream of the crop now. Our real favorites of the year. Jacob, your number five favorite movie of 2016.
0: My number five is probably my biggest surprise because of the genre. Uh, This is definitely not a favorite pick. This is a I have to give it a shout out kind of critical pick. It is The Witch.
1: Yes, um, ah. the horror movie yes. that
0: came out back in February or March. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most unsettling movies I've ever seen. Agreed. Listen, it's satanic. It's demonic. It is dark. It's it's. I don't even know if it's scary. It just messes with your head more yes. than anything. Um, it's so close to home as far as um, it, all the biblical references that it makes. In that mm-hmm. you, you kind of you know it's following a Protestant uh, family that has uh, gone out on their own to live out in, in this you know wild setting and. And it, it just kind of covers these uh, subject matters. It's just very disturbing. Disturbing to listen to, disturbing to see on screen. And, I mean, I was very unnerved the entire viewing of it. Uh, my my buddy who saw it with me was like, man, you could not hold still. And I couldn't. Like, I just – I don't really – yeah, I do. I do kind of freak out. I'm not like stand up and scream at the top of my lungs. Right. But, um, but I think that goes to say – to the writing of the movie, I think this mm-hmm. movie was very well researched. It was. It was yeah. filmed very well, so it, so technically it was doing very well. Yeah. Um, horror is my least favorite genre, but I have to recognize a good horror film when they do come out. I think it deserves that, um, even though I, you know, I'm not sure how many people I would I, I would suggest go watch it. Even you just just be prepared, man. It, it's just it's just not settling.
2: Yeah. Scratchy! Ah!
3: Thomas, take the children outside. What does this to thee? What does this? His mouth is sealed up. Oh God! William! William! Hold it. Children, away from this. Thomas, in hell. He'll break his jaws.
1: I am a huge horror movie fan, one of my favorite genres. I see everything that comes out in the horror genre and I was unsettled and unnerved by this movie. It was <laughs> so it's not just you. It's it was like too realistic. It felt too real. And again, that's credit to the movie makers, the writers, the director, the actors. Um it it was like I felt dirty after watching it. Like leaving it, I felt yep. just spooked and dirty, and I just wanted to take a shower. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great film, we, though. We
0: didn't really talk about the story. Uh, it's, it's set the nineteen in the 1630s, It is following a Protestant family who, uh, you know, they go out on their own, and uh, the main character is Anya Taylor Joy, who was also in Split. Right, so we just brought it up also. Yeah. Who also looks like she's aged four years Seriously. in one year. Yeah, they
1: just, must have filmed which a few yeah, years that was ago and just released it um, yeah. but
0: I mean she actually carries the movie very well she I, does is that her little their baby brother was stolen they don't know where she's gone and look there is a witch or a series of witches that is involved in the story but you don't really see them it's more of a mind screw with your mind kind of thing and it, it is. does screw with it, your it mind. has a jaws effect uh, yeah. more so I would say I don't think that's spoiling it too much no it's not um and so you have characters like Black Phillip and her twin, her twin siblings that are just obnoxious, and her her father with the deep grumbling voice. I mean, there's just so many things that come together to make this. Mm, it's hard to say as good as it was, but I think that's fair. It's fair, absolutely. It's just it hard is. To it say. Was... <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's definitely fair though. It 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 earns from praise. All, yeah, from well, like all technicals. When story...
2: I when I put it at
0: number five on my list, I mean, it is critically better than you know. Some of the movies I yeah. listened, you know, it's yep. better than Hell or High Water. It's I just agree. Different genre. I
1: agree. Absolutely. That's a good, good movie that you shouldn't Woo. watch. All right. <laughs> Rachel, you are you yeah, going to go shower now? Oh, and just talking night about night. it. I better go to church. I'll,
2: <laughs> I'll lighten it up again because it's the edge of 17. Nice. Again. All right. And ditto to everything Jacob said. But also I wanted to talk specifically about the relationship between Woody Harrelson as the teacher and Nadine Haley Sandfeld. Um, Steinfeld. Um, It was kind of the perfect relationship and it seemed really natural and realistic only because he was a teacher and they could have taken it a weird direction um, and they didn't. And he was there for her in the way that he needed to be there for her. And a lot of that was just by basically calling her on all of her drama just being ridiculous because she's a 17-year-old girl and right. they're just going through stupid drama. And he just... Why he listened to her and cared about her and showed that in small ways overall. All of his responses to her were pretty funny, jackassy responses to everything. Yeah. Um, she goes through a really embarrassing experience. And she sends a text she wished she wouldn't have sent. Yeah. And all he does is criticize her grammar with no comments or advice, life advice for her. You should really and watch the, out for those um, run-on sentences. <laughs> <laughs> so little things like that. I I really like the relationship between those two characters. It's just, a, it's a really good movie. And although it's been done before, this is done exceptionally well.
0: One more note to the writing on that too. Like it is, it's a little details that the, that the writer, director uh, touches on. For instance, when he goes to pick her up in the donut shop, he goes like, "Hey, did you buy anything?" No. He walks over, puts money in the tip jar. And no I love that. Out. I and love like, that. I think that's a human response to things like that. Right. Yes, and right. it shows
1: the char- it shows a lot about a character without having to show too much. Like right. like you, a lot of movies that in
0: two seconds as opposed to like a, a ten minute monologue. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, and it was that. That's a credit to the to the writers and to the to the filmmaker. I love that movie. And you're right. That was my favorite part of the movie was their relationship. Uh, Woody Harrelson has just been on fire lately. He has. He been. really has.
0: Again, Kelly Freeman Craig is who wrote and directed that. Yeah,
1: well done, Kelly. Uh, my number five favorite film of 2016 is one that was mentioned earlier. It is called Everybody Wants Some Exclamation uh, Exclamation. I'm a huge Richard Linklater fan. I'm a big fan of Dick Linklater and. <laughs> And uh, uh, I love Days and Confused. It's one of my all-time favorite comedies. Boyhood was my number one movie of that year. And now he's got my number five favorite movie of 2016. I just love seeing people hang out in kind of their, their habitat. And just watching... I just feel like Linklater films life. And he makes... It's like all the conversations you hear, like, yes, I've had those conversations. Oh, I know dudes like that. Oh, we've talked about that. I just love that kind of filmmaking and that's what all those movies are uh, just that realism but in an entertaining way and it gives you likable characters and it gives you funny dialogue and witty dialogue but set in a very real setting.
0: Kind of funny moments too. It's Again, it's paying attention to the details if they're just sitting around the room listening to music smoking weed or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean some people in this room might be able to identify with some of that. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of those, fun, those nice little touches. Yeah. You know? yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. It's the quiet moments with, with Linklater. Uh, all right, Jacob, your number four favorite movie of 2016. Uh, this was my number one for the majority
0: of the year uh, until obviously kind of the fall and the winter hit, but it's The Lobster. Yes. Uh, directed and written by Yorgos Lanthimos who also uh, directed Dog Tooth, which I was not a big fan of Dogtooth, but it's critically acclaimed across the board usually. It just was not... It just was not the movie for me because it was kind of hard to watch. Right. The Lobster, on the the other hand, it's a great satire, a very complex satire. (laughs) 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 But it's commentary on being single versus being in a relationship is hilarious. The first half of the movie is great. It's my favorite. Agreed. Agreed. It's hard to say that falls flat in the second half. It's just not near as sharp. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When once they go to the woods, it does lose a lot of like. It's still there's still a lot of clever things and interesting things, but that. That first half when they're in the hospital or resort, hotel, whatever it is, is so freaking funny.
0: Well, and maybe when you lose characters like um, John C. Riley, Riley, even like the kind of hard-nosed, um, you know, bitch uh, a- actor. Yeah. Um, um, well, whoever she is yeah. like they just more of a dynamic or difference between them. And it was just so much outrageous things happening in that first half. Were, look, there were some strains that happened in the second half as well, but they just were more bland characters. Right. I assume, like. Yeah. like I'm a big fan of Rachel Weisz, but she did not add much as far as no, complexity. She didn't. Of the story. No, she did It was Agreed. just there to show a love interest. Right. But to see Colin Farrell and like really a straight face, no, not much of expression to him, kind of be in these settings it was just outrageous yeah the the movie was outrageous and like it's filmed very gray you know the whole movie is muted and it's kind of uh such an interesting issue anyway so it's nice like i said commentary on our society
3: Not bad bit higher
0: if you thought about what animals you want to be if you don't make it a lobster I'm going to be a parrot, but I don't make it. Why don't you
3: become parrots, too? And then we'll all be together. You're a complete idiot. Picking one of the few animals that can talk when you have a speech impediment. You'll lisp, even as an animal. As for you, they'll catch you and put you in a pot of boiling water until you die. And then they'll crack open your claws with a tool, like pliers, and they'll suck out what little flesh you have with their mouths. You're pathetic, both of you. I'm not gonna be turned into some animal. I'll come and visit you though, with my partner, when we're walking together in some park or when we're swimming in the sea, or when we're on one of our trips.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of a downer of a storyline, like <laughs> yeah. like it's kinda of got a sadness to it.
2: But the way it's handled is so funny and right. smart. Exactly.
1: And and it's really is saying a lot of smart things about society and relationships. And just a quick time, I said we'd talk about Colin Farrell later. The Lobster, again, was really close to making my list, and I wanted it to, so I'm glad you two made it. And I want to give a shout-out to Colin Farrell. Who, this guy's kind of been on a roller coaster. When he first came out, he was kind of supposed to be the next big thing because he was good-looking, and he, you know, the buzz was right. that he was a really good actor. So he kind of came out, and people were excited about him. And then he started doing all these roles that are kind of more oh, blockbuster roles or roles that just didn't. It wasn't as good as he was. I always
0: thought it was a poor man's uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs>
1: yeah, I could see that. I could see it. But but the talent is there. But I think his choices weren't. But his choices have been so much better lately. Starting with in Bruges, and then we talked about it on the show before. He was the only good thing about it, the second season of True Detective. Yep, yep. He was in Crazy Heart. He was in The Lobster. Now he's got a movie coming out called The Beguiled, which is Sofia Coppola's new movie oh, that really? looks. Oh yeah, it's starring him, Nicole Kidman, and uh, Kirsten Dunst. He plays a Civil War. Soldier. Uh, but yeah, I'm just excited that Colin Farrell is is picking up a lot of steam as far as his...
0: Yeah, kind of like a Ben Affleckish yeah Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. You totally redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rachel, what is your number four favorite movie of 2016?
2: La La Land, which we did a full review on, so I won't say a whole lot about it. I think we might be
0: starting to hit a lot of crossover here. Yeah.
2: Probably so. Yeah. So I don't know what we want to do with that, but
0: Hey, it's your chance to actually talk about a movie that I haven't talked about yet.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I really liked La La Land for a lot of reasons. Because for a, la la, la, for of reasons. a <laughs> la la lot of reasons. <laughs> um, the music in it was great. I thought that just the way it looked, it was beautiful. It was so pretty. It was really lighthearted and fun. Um, I know that you guys had some issues with the ending. I did not have those issues with the ending, but I, I will say that overall in this, maybe cause I, I was like my most anticipated movie killer. That's yeah. yeah, Maybe it was my most anticipated movie of the year and it, it fell short of that to me. It should not have been it to me it was it should have been like a clear number one. This is the best thing since there will be blood.
1: Oh you were pumped about it. I was super were, pumped about it were. and
2: I was ultimately disappointed and I
1: Man, that's so one hard thing to say.
2: that one thing yeah. that I realized as I was talking about it this week is that I don't really care about the characters like it, it, I wasn't really connected to them. Well, I'll it would make that. sense. Like it's number a, four on your list. Then. It was a fine, it was a fun, interesting story, but I felt like the characters were a little bit flat. But overall, I mean, it's my number four. I'm still going to recommend people see it. I think that a general audience will love it. Obviously, it's doing really well. It's up for Best Picture, um, and it's different than what you normally see at theaters. I, I think there will be kind of a resurgence of these fun musical, yeah. lighter movies. Um, but I think we're kind of at the beginning of this, and La La Land's one of the first ones to get back into that. But I would recommend it. However, I was just a little disappointed It's in so it. funny how
1: expectations um, color how we no, absolutely. talk about these movies. Because here we are. It's your highest rated movie so far. You're number four. And you talk, I mean, just glowingly about every other movie on your list. And yet La La Land, which is higher than all those, you seem like, you know, Disappo- bummed about, yeah. disappointed in. And kind of talk negatively about, but still, it's your number four. So expectations do play a big part in how sure. we perceive movies. Uh, my number four, uh, I had a high expectations for it just because I saw it after all the buzz was was going nuts, and uh, it met those expectations. One of the rare movies that does. We've talked about this already on this list. Uh, Jacob did. My number four is Moonlight.
3: I've been here a long time.
1: I'm from Cuba. A lot of black folks in Cuba. You wouldn't know that from being here though. I was a wild little shorty, man. Just like you. Run around with no shoes on, the moon was out. This one time, I run by this old, this old lady, I was running hollering, cutting a food boy. This old lady, she stopped me. She said,
0: Running around catching about a all that light. In moonlight, black boys look blue. You blue. That's what I'm going to call you.
3: Blue. Say your name, Blue. <laughs> nah. At some point, you got to decide for yourself who you want to be.
1: Can't let nobody make that decision for you. Jacob Ari gave you his insight into it. Let me just say, his favorite act was Act Number Two. My favorite act was Act Number One. I I was a big fan. First of all, of the storytelling. How it's divided up into three distinct parts. You know, because that's kind of how we are as humans. You're you know you have childhood. Uh, adolescence and an, and adulthood, and we saw this character in all three distinct different phases, and how each of these phases makes him he the man that he is ultimately at the end. Uh, but I love the the first act because we see little, um, and I think that the because we see um, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala, thank you, Mahershala Ali. Uh, His character is all of our favorite characters, and he's only in the first uh, act. I think because of him and because of his relationship with Little, uh, it's my favorite. And I had to give a special shout-out to the the scene at the dinner table where he comes in, and he's asking some really tough questions, and he's giving honest but painful answers. I love that scene so much I thought it was the best one of my top few favorite scenes of the entire year
0: yeah we should probably get a shout out to um, Naomi Naomi Harris oh (laughs) (laughs) well her too but Naomi Harris she was great she was nominated for this movie as well you're talking about Janelle Monae, uh, who I'd never seen on screen before. Now, uh, neither had I. And
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously, our lives up until that point were empty. Yeah, she is my, until we saw my her. 2016 wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, okay, so that is our top. That is my number four favorite movie of the year. Let's let's hear some more music. We're celebrating the music of 2016 in movies. And from Moonlight, here is "The Middle of the World" by Nicholas Britell. Nicholas, uh, beautiful music from the Moonlight soundtrack. Uh, so we are to our top three movies of the year. Jacob, let's hear it. What is your third favorite movie of the year?
0: It is Manchester by the Sea. Whereas you said you, you probably would never watch it again. Um, this is one that I will probably revisit. Really? I, well, I mean, I, it is hard to watch. It's directed by Kenneth Lonergan, who also directed Margaret. came out in 2006. It was a movie that took forever to be released, but it's starring uh, uh, Anna Paquin. Uh, Matt Damon and Mark Ruffalo. And he he writes plays a lot. He knows how to write dialogue really well. That's what we have going on here at the Manchester by the Sea as well. Like the relationships throughout the movie, whether it's between Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams, Casey Affleck and Cal Chandler, Casey Affleck and Lucas Hedges being his nephew. uh, They're all just they seem so real, so human and and, uh, really... Uh, I think the scene of the year is probably Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams where they kind of had that breakdown. Absolutely. Like that was just gut punching. Yep. I'm going to,
2: I'm going to jump in because it's my number three and you're just saying all the things I was going to say. So continue, (laughs) but just no ditto. And I'll let you know if there's anything left. Um, I also think this movie is very humorous in a
0: lot of ways. Uh, the, Especially, uh, and I think it's like, I think this is why Lucas Hedges is being nominated because he was pretty funny playing that that selfish teenage boy who, yeah, his father just passed away, but he still has his hormones to deal with. Right? I um, mean, they kind yeah. of capture that really
1: well. This is the same girl who's over at the oh, that was Sylvie, and this is Sandy, and they don't know about each other, so uh, please don't say anything in case it comes up.
0: I won't. Do you actually have sex with these girls? Well, we don't just play computer games with both of them
1: well with sandy's mom here it's sort of uh strictly just like basement business what does that mean <laughs> it means i'm working on it
0: and you know casey Affleck. who you know when i think of casey Athlick, i think of goodwill hunting i think of kind of like the younger brother well okay obviously he's literally the younger brother of, of ben affleck but i feel like he's always kind of played that like younger brother like little kind of putz role uh, quite a bit and he's really good at it he's good at playing that kind of boston loud mouth like obnoxious you know kind of characters and he he played it great here especially in the like the beginning um i'll say elements of this story parts of the story he plays it so well when you kind of move on to showing like a bigger a more depth to his character as far as uh, I'll just say loss because like this this movie is about the loss of his brother. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's spoiling very much. No. So to see how he's coping with that, along with other issues, and I'll leave that where that is. He he does great. Um, I fully expect him to win Best Actor, even though there is some stuff in the tabloids about him. But he's great in this movie, and it's. It's just beautifully shot. It's technically done so well. I think there's a theme with the water going throughout it. Pay attention to that whenever you see it. You'll see whenever it's kind of a calm, soothing moment in the movie, it'll be calm water. And when things are hitting the fan, you'll see kind of rough stuff. So just like a little observation that you'll catch here and there. Just very nicely done, nice touches, good movie.
2: I want to pull out Michelle Williams a little bit more just because that scene between them was probably my, might have been my favorite scene of the year. And while she wasn't in the movie much... It's just because the movie didn't really call for her character that much. But while she was in it, she was really solid, and I would like to see her win the actress. But you know, that's a, I, that can go anyway. because well, she, she is was just in actress. it so small, so little amount. But but what she did was incredible. How you can maintain that Boston accent while you're crying like that?
0: She's <laughs> amazing.
2: She's amazing.
1: Uh, it was the scene of the year, and it was. Uh, it was so painful to watch. Uh, they just both nailed it in that scene. And uh, she probably – we we're going to do our Oscar picks in our other podcast this week. So I don't want to tip my hat on whether I think she's going to win or not. But she's definitely deserving. And I wish she could have been in the movie more. I look forward to it every time she was yeah. in it. My number three favorite movie of 2016 is one that I like to call Stalling. Oh, so another movie that's on all three of our lists, and uh, I'm pretty pumped it's on all three of our lists, and probably the biggest shocker, The Edge of Seventeen, is a movie that all three of us <laughs> pretty have. Pretty high up on your list. It's yeah. good, man. I loved it, man. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that my number three movie of 2016 was a movie about a teenage girl with, <laughs> with an attitude problem... Uh, I'd be like, well, 2016 is going to suck. No,
0: wait a second. 2014 was Pitch Perfect in your top ten?
1: Dude, I did love me some Pitch Perfect. I'm not going to lie. I love me some Mean Girls, too. (laughs) I'm bust out some She's All That on Uh VHS right now, too. Uh, But, yeah, (laughs) um, (laughs) you you guys have already covered it. Uh, So, I I would like to give a special shout-out to Blake Jenner. I think that uh, he played a role in this. Uh, My favorite was Haley Seinfeld and. And Woody Harrelson, like you said, her her best friend. But special shout-out to Blake Jenner. Uh, just because I, I think he played a role that a lot of times would have been kind of a cardboard cutout. Um, and also a role that was written well, too, as the brother. He could have been kind of the douchey popular brother that kind of made life miserable for his sister who was going through all the issues. But he was actually... Just a really good guy that really truly did care for his sister. He had some of his own issues. He kind of, he kind of held to himself to keep the family together. It was just the thing with these characters; they were all so well drawn, um, and that's atypical of a teeny bopper type movie. And that's why it rises above the typical teen movie.
0: Yeah, I will say also as an actor, he rebounded for me because I thought he was really corny, and everybody wants some. But he does kind of hit a, another level here, and it's like, okay, okay, he's actually pretty good.
1: See, but I think he was supposed to be corny, and everybody yeah, wants so, him. He was supposed he was to be such a, supposed to be the the straight man. The he was just the good was, boy. No cares. Character was corny in that movie. It was annoying.
0: <laughs> he was not cool in any way. He, no, just, he, he, he was, just happened to be a pitcher. But he's yeah. the main character to drive your movie. I don't want my car- my main character to be a, a dork. Well, if you think about it, Days <laughs> and Confused,
1: as great as Days <laughs> and Confused was. Uh, <laughs> Yes, yes, that's what I was gonna say. Have we talked about that before? No, dude. I used to make fun of him all the time with with one of my best friends. We used to always go around. I basically we're, just
0: grabbed my nose and shook it like shook. the ninth, like the ninth grader. Yes, dazed and dazed and, dazed and
1: confused. And he's kind of our main protagonist in some ways. If you had to choose him or Pink Floyd, Randall, Randall Pink, Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd. Randall Pink Floyd is one of the two. Those were kind of the two protagonists. And he was kind of a dorky, you know.
0: I kind of feel like we follow three storylines in Days Confused and not just the ninth grader stories. Follow the seniors, you follow the, the ninth graders, then you also follow the girls. The girls. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you and that. And the dorky ones too.
1: Yeah. But the yeah, that's true. But but that kid is one of the main protests <laughs> I used to make fun of him all the time. He does. You, you still see do? me doing yeah. mean, yeah. he's always holding his nose and shaking his head. <laughs> that <was> so awesome. <laughs> the best moment of this podcast nobody's gonna see. You know. <laughs> uh, Rachel, or no, what are we on? Uh, two. Are we on? Me, number two. two. Yeah, Jacob. I was so distracted by that. Jacob, your number <laughs> two favorite uh, movie of 2016.
0: My number two movie is La La Land. Um, honestly, I think this was almost a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. This, there's really, mm-hmm. there's really no movie that shouldn't be my number one movie. Preach. Um, but... I think this movie technically is amazing. Amen. I think Rachel said it—the colors, the way they draw out the background colors, like everything is a painting in this movie. It's yes. beautifully really uh, drafted up. I'll say, um, it's fun, fun, uh, great casting. Uh, you have to pinpoint the casting on this. Uh, credit to Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Their their relationship together is just—it's uh, a lot of fun. They just have great charisma on screen, or uh, they just chemistry, w- chemistry. Thank yeah. you. Is this their third movie that they've done
1: together? I know they did Crazy Stupid Love. But What else? Oh, they it's doing? the gangster movie. Oh, the one that sucked. Yeah, right.
2: Didn't even see it.
0: Right. So, but they—they they together on the screen are, are great to watch.
2: You say there's nothing here. Well, let's make something clear. I think I'll be the one to make that call.
1: what you'll call. And
2: though you look so cute in your polyester suit, it's warm. You're right. I'd never fall for you at all. And they.
3: heels, or to any girl who feels, there's some chance for romance, but I'm frankly
2: feeling nothing, is that
3: so, or it
2: could be less than nothing, good
3: to know, so you agree, that's
2: right, what a waste
3: of a lovely night.
0: The montages, uh, I I really enjoy those. When you don't get to see musicals that much anymore and you kind of grow up and you grow up watching them, um, it's really cool to see this stuff on screen in this day and age. I mean, you can break down like three or four of them pretty, I think, pretty extensively. The opening one is just fantastic, even though it doesn't really quite fit in with the rest of the movie. It doesn't matter. It's beautiful. It sets the Mm -hmm. tone. right? Yeah. Um do you have the one in the middle where that she he throws her up in the air in the um the observatory. Yeah. That's one of my favorite shots of the movie and of the year. I love that. But I the last one, the last one is so amazing to me. Like my hair my hair stood up on my arm, you know, about half the movie. I just thought it was great. There's just the one thing. If the one thing were fixed, I would have this at a 10, and it'd probably be one of the top 10 movies since 2000, since the turn of the century. 100% agree with all that. that's really not fair to the movie, because it's still a good movie. I still am okay with how they treated the ending, but I think because of that, I cannot put it up there with, A, there will be blood, uh, no country. Um, I just can't put it up there because of that, and that sucks, because I think it's a pretty important thing.
1: Yeah. I I I agree with all of Sorry that. I uh,
2: missed out on all this. Man. It wouldn't even be near those other movies you just listed for me. That's okay. That's, that's that all makes right. makes me sad I wish that it was. Well,
0: it's just so hard to compare this movie to, you know, There Will Be Blood, <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that because yeah. It's just hard, but I think it's just so well, well done technically. It is. Oh. Agreed. Awesome.
1: It is. It's a brilliant movie. With one fatal flaw. One fatal flaw.
2: One fatal flaw. I, thought I thought it gave it a nine. I, I thought it was cool.
1: Rachel, your number two favorite movie of 2016.
2: Hunt for the Wilder People
1: oh a little um, bit of a little bit of a shocker there little a little curveball curve for you it's yeah. my Unless favorites you know list. yeah it's that's my true. favorites <laughs> list and i do what you know, i want you know that bubbles movie is going to be number one whenever it oh my comes gosh out. it's gonna but, be so good okay so taiko atiti
2: <laughs> uh directed and wrote this and he has done such hits as boy and uh what we do in the shadows and he did eagle vs shark but he's in a New Zealand filmmaker that's also directing Thor Ragnarok. Um but all of his movies kind of have and really uh, kind of all New Zealand movies kind of have this humor running through them that is they like to put characters in pretty bad situations and then their charming naive humor comes through really well and um Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Um Tycho is really good with kids, and the kid that plays Ricky, Julian Dennison, was really good in this. He was great in it. Um, and the other main character in this, his name is Herc. Played by, um, Sam, by Sa- yeah. Sam Neill.
3: We don't even have a map. Where's a map?
0: Don't need one. I know where I am.
3: Probably couldn't even read it anyway.
0: Why would I need to read a map? I already told you I know where I am. Reading's stupid anyway.
3: Only people who can't read say things like that.
1: No, you can't read. What should You're count? like one of those people who, like,
3: race by, like, wolves or something, eh? Booga, booga, me, me, no, me. What's this? This is words. Me, stupid. You little... Ah! Ba- ah! Ah! Ah, foot. You okay? No, I'm not okay. This is all your fault, you little
0: bastard. Come on, let's get you comfortable.
2: and their relationship with each other was really funny and interesting and uh also want to mention rima tiwada i'm sure that's not how you say it but she was the uh basically this couple adopts a a kid that's kind of a troublemaker and ricky's probably i don't know 13 when they adopt him so this isn't a young kid it's kind of a little punk kid and they take him in and love him and um so she, she's great in it She's fantastic yeah. in it um, But the relationships between all the characters And uh, Ricky himself Are just also likable and endearing And I love Taika Watiti movies It's probably not um, Going to make anybody else's number two But I think it's a really heartwarming story And I definitely think it's worth a watch Even if you're not going to love it like I loved it It's It's a good movie
1: there were some movies that you guys mentioned earlier tin Cloverfield Lane the lobster Hell or high water that were all in contention for my number ten and actually the hunt for wilder people was another one in contention for num- for my number ten it would be in my around it float around the fifteen to 20 spot probably it's
0: at my fifteen right now and I yeah. will say like you know Julian Dennison the kid was awesome in it yeah, yeah. um you had mentioned that the, that your Y T D, this is my, my, my style of movies you know fast editing quippy mm-hmm. uh, and,
1: and it is I really enjoyed it
0: it's, it's one of the more fun movies that came
1: out this yeah. year right. for sure yeah for those who haven't seen I, I still say that it reminds me most of, if you want a comparison like a Nacho Libre Napoleon Dynamite yeah. type of humor that type of comedy uh, and I just love this movie Boy most of all you man what's see this that. guy
0: gonna do with Thor uh, it's, it's seriously, gonna be weird no idea Yeah. no idea
1: I can't wait my number two favorite movie is also number Jake or Jacob's number two favorite movie of the year was La La Land. And funny enough, uh, we lined up completely with how we saw it. I won't repeat everything he said. I just think that it was a perfect movie besides this one fatal flaw. It would have easily been my number one. It would have easily been up there in my top 10 since the two thousands. Uh, had this ending been different, had this fatal flaw been different. Uh, I loved everything else about it. I, th- that's all I can say. Perfect movie except for one big high, giant huge thing. Sucks. It sucks. And now it's like as much as I love this movie like all, that's what I think of when I think of this movie I love La La Land I, like I loved it but I've, when I think of it I'm like mm, missed opportunity is and what now I you're think. settling you're, you're still gonna
0: yeah. put it at a nine on your list or whatever yeah. and you're settling on that yeah and it sucks yeah and and
1: I, I came down to it I, I was debating for number one it was in contingent for my number one despite this fatal flaw and when it got I was, I was just looking at the two names I was like you know what I just I just enjoyed the other one more because that stupid ass flaw <laughs> gosh gosh all right, so it is time for us to reveal our number one movies hey, of Kev, 2016. What was your number one movie of the year?
2: Uh, was uh. it?
1: <laughs> See, that's just like the answer that people – That's like the generic answer because people know that it's like kind of the movie of the year. It's yep. either going to be that, Moonlight, or Manchester. One of those three, the only yep. three that can win the Oscars this weekend. Will one of those three be any of our three number ones? We will find out right now. Jacob. <laughs> Good suspense builder. I'm not big on delayed <laughs> well, we can't gratification. Really cut commercial. I'm, I'm like a millennial. <laughs> I just want my satisfaction. Now I want to know I'm impatient. Uh, Jacob, tell me, what is your number one favorite movie of 2016?
0: I really went back and forth on this uh, for quite a while. but It is the only 10 I gave out this year. Um, last year I had like three or four. I had four 10s last year. Did you? Um, yeah, Spotlight, um Big Short, Big Short, Revenant. Oh gosh, that was a great year. Yeah, I backed off on the Revenant since then, but I still think the other two, the other three, are great. This isn't even a fictional movie; it's a documentary. It's OJ Made in America. Nice.
1: Hey, another little curveball here. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, the reason I'm having such a hard time with it is because ESPN put it out. It's a five-part series. But apparently, it was released in movies, and it is up for best documentary at the Oscars. So yeah, qualify cool For that, I'm going to put it in there. There's only been one other documentary ever I even put in my top ten. I usually keep them out of my top ten, but I think this was so good that it needs to be brought up. Oh, hang on. We anyway. can't leave us hanging. What was the other
1: <laughs> movie that you put in your documentary?
0: Um, exit to the gift shop? Oh, yeah, I love exit to yeah. the gift shop. And a lot of that's just because you know art background, exploitation of art, things like that. But Banksy. Banksy. Banksy's cool. I
1: thought you were going to say like the 1994 NFL bloopers special.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, What's so cool about OJ being in America is how they capture history with a, not a nostalgic event in history, um, I guess something big in our in our teen years, when we were in 1994, yeah, that it was was, something, the it's something trial. that's relevant. to uh, us. I guess pop culture in a way, yeah, it's yeah. pop culture. Um, yeah. So history combined with pop culture, which are, you know, I really enjoy history and how they integrate uh, Los Angeles, the the civil rights movement, really the treatment of uh, police officers and black people. You know, it was pretty horrendous, and you so you see this build up and tension through those two entities. And then you combine that with O.J. Simpson, this amazing athlete with this unique story. He wants to be known as O.J. He doesn't want to be known as black. He's not moving along with Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown during those movements. He wants to stay completely away from it and all that stuff. And so when everything hits the pinnacle point in 1990 to 1994 between the L.A. riots and Rodney King and all that, you have O.J. Simpson and the murder trial and how they tell this story in sync with one another Another. It's just poetry in its own way. It, the parallel storylines are amazing in mm-hmm. this. And really, that's just like the first two or three episodes. And you don't even get to the fourth episode where it shows like the murder in itself. I mean, you get to like one of the most interesting trials, or at least it seems interesting, because of how it became such a joke in a way. I don't want to say a joke or do anyone discredit or, like, or disgrace, but more of the show. It was a it, show. It,
2: yeah, it became entertainment instead of an actual murder trial. And it, it, they kind of lost sight of the fact that two people... Have died, and someone killed them right um, It became about a lot less about the killings themselves and more of what was going on racially in That's the right. country thank you
0: yes exactly and it 's just i think social uh, socially uh, or sociologically uh psychologically it's very very interesting and like it's frustrating it's heartbreaking it's your emotions are all over the place and i remember even as a dumb kid i was like hey oj because i didn't know any better right yeah. um, but then you see this story and you know i totally get the african-american community side i totally oh yeah well oh, I mean, yeah I, you can at least empathize with it right right um but that doesn't mean that two people didn't die. Right, it's just so hard it's a, to, it's, to, to justify that. It is.
2: It's a really um, you can definitely see both sides of things, and they they what was happening. Was not right, right? And you understand that they needed a win, and you also understand that the country was kind of sitting on a powder keg. If things went the other way, <laughs> yeah, um, things could
1: have been much worse had it gone the other way. Yes, As two it, people did die, but several people. T- yes,
2: more had, people would have died had had it gone the other way because everybody was ready to riot. Everybody was ready for that, and I think um, I lived through the Odre thing, and I remember it happening, but I was too young to really understand what was going on uh but i do think it's an important thing to learn about because i see our country it's very possible we could get in that same type of situation again where we're on a powder keg and something comes into the light like this and what's going to happen so i think that it's important to know the story historically about what happened but also i've heard about the oj murders forever and they had some stuff in there that was really jarring to me even after hearing it the photographs that they have of nicole and not the ones that you normally see no but the really really brutal pictures of nicole and ron yes um so be aware that there's really really graphic content in there.
0: <laughs> the 4th episode in particular, yeah, Holy cow. Uh, I it's... was at a restaurant and they had it up on the television <laughs> and I contacted my buddy who was a manager. I was like, "Dude, you got to take this off the TV screen now." It's about to get bad. <laughs> it's brutal, but I
2: think it's it's important. And and beyond that as far as movies are concerned, it's a really well-made documentary. Yeah. Um I don't know what kind of time was invested in that, but a ton of time. It was bigger than O.J. Simpson. Something larger
3: than him is at stake. Release the base! Release the base! Release the, the O.J. Simpson became a symbol
2: of that decade, of that time, of that response to has the mentality of America changed in the civil rights struggle? Or is it business as
3: usual?
1: For me, as a progressive Christian, Democrat, I'm going like, when are we going to go back to the evidence? You would find yourself in a room of ministers and community leaders, and the conversation inevitably would go back to O.J., and how OJ was being mistreated,
2: and uh, I even thought it was interesting. Kind of the third part, what happened to OJ after the trial—the downfall. The yeah. downfall was really interesting as well, because after the trial, I don't really care about OJ anymore. Neither did anybody else. And yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but he continued to go on existing, and there's a story that happens after that. That's uh, the whole s- thing is tragic. Just so. to
0: see, you know, he was in the limelight. He was—he uh, was used to being treated a certain way, and then after the trial, his desperation for attention was so pathetic. And it's just so, again, interesting to watch uh, from a psychological point of view.
1: I mean, it's a a great character study of a real man. It is. Of a real man man. that went through the ultimate highs and the ultimate lows. I mean, that's what makes O.J. such a fascinating think piece. Anyways, I mean, he he got to higher highs than most anyone will ever get to. Well, it's not even just a commentary on O.J.
0: It's a commentary on our society and how we're obsessed with pop culture. Oh, yeah. it's, Yeah. it's, It's unreal.
1: For sure, yeah like starting podcasts talking about movies and shows and music. I, mean, well, I think that's
0: why I love The Big Short so much because it also right. makes all these kind of suggestions as to how people are obsessed with these things yes. and not yep. looking at the big
2: picture.
1: Yep. Right. Yeah. For sure. Look, I
0: mean, but let's be five honest. I was talking about that documentary. We can probably go on for another, you know, another 30 minutes. Yeah. Really.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a great, great documentary and, and a good choice for number one. Nice little curveball.
0: Oh, thank you. I, I kind that. of feel a little guilty because, you know, I, I did. I love La La Land, but this is the only tin I gave it and I can't yeah. really discredit a documentary
1: stick to your guns yeah yep stick to your guns Rachel can you beat the OJ Made in America documentary do you got a curveball for us no I don't it's Moonlight oh but I also (laughs) want to say
2: I didn't give out a single 10 this year that's how weak I thought this year was yeah um but Moonlight was really good (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) It's a nine. It's a solid nine. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, And you guys have both talked about it. And I agree with Brandon. I like the first section the best because of the relationship between um, Little and... Juan. Juan. There we
1: go. We'll start saying Juan instead of... That's so much easier, guys. Just call
2: him Juan. Um, (laughs) Juan. I I think it set up the story really well. And again, I did love that it was told in three parts. I love how they all connected together. And it's, it's just a... It's also a character study, and you can see how the experiences this kid went through and um, kind of what he saw and learned, how that shaped his life. And I, I thought it was really, really interesting, and the performances were all great. The script was great. No issues come up. Uh, up off the top of my head about this movie other than I just didn't think it was 10. I just think it wasn't quite that good but it was near perfect.
0: that's yeah, there's about three there's about three scenes in this movie that could be like scenes of the year. you can talk about um, the the third act where they're in the restaurant together. just kind of the dialogue back and forth is great. Um, there is I think little well the dinner table uh, for me, it's actually when Juan is teaching him how to swim. Yeah, uh, Just beautiful uh, imagery. Uh, just a great moment between two people earning that trust. Juan earning that trust from Little. That's just a really cool scene for me. Um, yeah, great movie. I have no argument with it being your number one at all. Anyone's yeah. number one.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy if it won Best Picture. Uh, that La La Land or Manchester are all deserving. Agreed. And it's a fine choice for a number one.
2: Well, thank you, Brandon.
1: My number one movie of 2016 is a movie that I bugged these two about all year, and it made both of their lists. So, Hello, I Hello,
0: my name is Doris.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I can leave this podcast a happy man tonight. My number one is Sing Street, uh, again, by John Carney, written and directed, same man who did once, and uh, begin again. And, uh, you know, this takes place in Ireland. It's kind of cool to see, you know, the view of American music through Irish eyes. Uh, kinda sound a poet, kinda like that kind of sounded poetic, didn't it? But kind uh, of yeah, Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, there, I kind like of like that. I kind of like that. Um, but as you said, my favorite part was relationship between the, the two brothers. But I also loved... Uh, the bandmates and, and and the girl and their relationship. But the thing I want to point out that hasn't been pointed out yet, uh, I kind of liked how they, they broke reality a few times. Um, for instance, the scene in the gym, the, the song kind of becomes like a real music video. Uh, and then at the end, it's a little yeah, ambiguous. Cool. Uh, it's a little ambiguous as to whether it was or not. But um, a lot of people think that the end breaks reality and goes into fantasy as well. And uh, I just love that in a movie that's so fun and so joyous. Kind of what here is the difference between La La Land and Sing Street. Um, they both had heartbreak. They both had moments of re- you know realism or, or you know depressing things that happen, sad things that happen to these main characters. But throughout, you know, it, it's kind of like engulfed in joy and fun and 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 all these things but whereas la la land went one direction at the end sing stream went the complete different way and like screw you we're giving you a big fun hollywood ending and i love that <laughs> in a small movie it went more you know but it the characters so like and you wanted happiness for them so much that you're okay with that you're kind of okay with being whisked away to this maybe this is fantasy now ending and like seeing the brother like literally jump for joy <laughs> at the end i think was very very intentional and uh
0: excuse the corniest that could be mistaken for it, and take it taken as be. a joyous moment
1: exactly exactly and i love that john, about Car- john
0: carney knows how to deliver that he does he does well, what's see- his name damon chazelle he needs to work on it he does <laughs> he does, he does. He did give it to us at Whiplash, but kind of different kind of satisfaction. Yeah, he didn't quite kind. get it for us on La, La Land. Yeah. yeah. Do you see that guitar? I used to be able to play that guitar.
2: Well, I used to ride hot girls. I could run 200 meters faster than anybody in my school. You're the youngest.
0: You get to follow the path that I am macheted through the jungle that is our mad
2: family. I was alone with them for six years. You think they're crazy now? Think about what they were like when they were in their late 20s. Two Catholics in a rented flat with a screaming baby who just got married because they wanted to have sex. They didn't even love each other. I was in the middle of that, alone. And then you came along, thank God. And you followed the path that I cut for us, untouched. You just moved in my jet stream. And people laugh at me, Connor. The stoner, the college dropouts. and they praise
1: you, which is fine. But once, I was a fucking jet engine. So that is my number one of the year. If if none of you have seen, or if any of you have not seen Sing Street, I highly suggest to go see it. Uh, what what movies were on all three? Sing Street, Edge of Seventeen, Moonlight, Moonlight, Moonlight. Manchester. Did Manchester make, your list? Yeah, Did make Manchester? yours? Yes, of course. Manchester, yeah, yeah I made mine. Were those the only four? La La Land. So five movies made all three of our lists. Yeah, a little crossover. Weren't lot that crossover. many great movies this year. That's true. It was kind of obvious this year which ones were the, yep. the best of the best, more so than other years.
0: Were you all surprised Star Wars wasn't on mine?
1: I was surprised. I was surprised that Star Wars... I mean, it's a yep. Star Wars... I know that you were kind of disappointed in it. I didn't it. see it twice in the theater. That is so weird. All the other Star Wars movies you've seen like 18 times like, in the even movie theaters. I'm disappointed I didn't
0: see it twice in the theater. Some of that's because I've been busy this year, but... But it was also kind of weak sauce. I was still sauce. a little disappointed. It was, it was. slow in the middle. It was slow in the middle, and the characters were blah. They were, they were. But plus, I knew the story. It's kind of like uh, the Soli. You know, I really like Soli, but I knew the story. Right.
1: Okay. So speaking of other movies that didn't make our list, we do have a few other categories. We're going to get to some fun categories. Uh, we're going to pick make picks for. But before we do that, let's listen to another song from 2016. From a movie called Jackie, uh, starring Natalie Portman, where she plays the late uh, Jacqueline Kennedy. This is Vanity by Micah Levi. That is from the beautiful soundtrack of an overrated movie called Jackie. (laughs) That is Michael Levi with Vanity. Now, speaking of Jackie and being overrated, this is going to be fun. We're going to do some uh, categories that are kind of off the beaten path, some picks for 2016. I know that Jacob and I have talked about Jackie, so it's kind of funny. That's the segue. Did you do that on purpose? No. So we're going to get to most overrated movies of the year. Jacob, what's your choice for most overrated movie of 2016? <laughs> Jackie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I could talk about uh, Hacksaw Ridge. I could talk about Hidden Figures. Yes, yes. Um, the agreed. reason I'm going with Jackie is because of the critics are going gaga over yep. it. Um, I'll say this. Uh, it's technically done very well. It is. The production design behind it is great. I think that it was acted very well. I think that the music is beautiful in it. Yeah. I just think it yep. is boring as sin. That's 100% <laughs> agreed. And I also think that the editing's all like it's five storylines edited yes. all over the place. And, and it's there's just, no it's rhyme just or a reason. giant mess. There's no
1: rhyme or reason for when they go back and forth between the different storylines. And right. you don't know where you're. It's like right. jarring each time. Like, wait, so what's going on? Where is this? When is this? Right. Uh, I'm with you. Natalie was great. And is the this sure most overrated? It was. Honestly, I could very easily make it my most overrated, but I have another one that I'm more upset with. Oh, okay. So.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I mean,
1: I. that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's <laughs> a great choice. Rachel, your most overrated movie of the year.
2: Hidden Figures. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm
1: okay with that. Yep. This
2: is another blindside. It's a feel-good movie about um, a story that does deserve to be told, but is told in a rather manipulative way convenient storytelling way and not really how it happened Yep, I, I um, like to
0: compare it to American Sniper
2: yes and American Sniper all of these are the same things to me where I'm like yes these people have a story that's worth telling they're interesting people however you've made them infallible you've made them unbelievable and now I don't believe anything that you're telling me about these people And I'm really annoyed that I have to now go look up and fact checked what you're telling me because I know that you're trying to manipulate me into. And things.
0: it sucks because you you still like this movie, right? Yeah, you I walk thought it, away I mean, it was a, good a, about it. Well, good, feeling good about yourself.
2: I walked away feeling like it was a really manipulative movie, but I f- walked away feeling like, how come I don't know about these three women? Right. Um, and so it did make, we want to learn more about these women, but I didn't necessarily think it was a great movie. It was an entertaining enough movie. I wasn't bored with it by any means, and it's it's well made enough. I just, the the actual like script to it, I thought was not that great. It was pretty simple. They made these characters very vanilla and straightforward and infallible. And I just don't like that. I'd rather have my hero characters have another side to them.
0: I was completely suckered by it. Like I, I felt so like great about it when I walked out of it. And then I kind of did some research and it was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, Kevin Costner, every white character was made up. You right. know? Yeah. And, um, it's, I don't want to take that away from the three actresses who starred in this movie at all. I mean, I'm with you. I I'd love that they tell the story. Um, it's just frustrating <laughs> it's,
1: it, what's frustrating is the story is big enough and important enough and definitely timely enough to tell it without the extra dramatization yes. and made up stuff that they included in the manipulative Oscar-bait type storyline. and They didn't need to do that. Just tell the story as it is, and it's amazing enough. It was a disservice, I believe, to I these agree. women. Now, I say that, but it's making bukus of money. It's getting nominated for all these things. So, ultimately, the results are good for these women. Right, I have a but hard the, time knocking
2: a, it because it's a story that needs to be told. Right, to exactly. He, even Katherine G.
0: Johnson, who uh, Taraji Henson portrayed, said... Like, yeah, a lot of it was actually pretty true to form in the story, but you have to remember about 300 people were involved in this deal. So, right. you know, if you just take a step back and remember that, it was, you know, there was a lot more to just... We're three of 300. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and it's
1: amazing. I mean, again, important, but but don't, don't make it bigger than it is. Like, just show us what really happened. Right. It's amazing enough as it is. Uh, okay. You're Good. overrated? My overrated. What if I tell you my most overrated movie was... Uh, it's got like ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was the number two biggest movie. Well, at I know the box what it is, and, and I'm I am with you all
0: the
2: it way. I think it sounds
1: terrible. <laughs> 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 it was this behind Star Wars. It was the next biggest movie at the box office this year, and critics loved it, and apparently audiences loved it. It pisses me off. Not so this much. audience. I think that the the short before this movie was better than this movie by miles. Okay. I'm Talking about Finding Dory, which was basically Finding Nemo two point but with not a much
2: good. annoying more annoying lead character. Yes. yes. Dory She's is just really forgetful. Yes. Dory Ugh. is fine
1: as a and conveniently a side not forgetful. And, <laughs> and, yes. and conveniently yep. not forgetful. When it, when, yeah, yes. Exactly. Yes. When when we need her to be. Yes. Good call. The, the movie I I honestly thought the movie sucked. I didn't I thought it was extremely boring. I thought Me too. it was boring. I didn't think it was funny. I, I didn't think it was clever. I thought it was a rip as the first movie, which I yes. already thought was kind of overrated. Yes. I just, Agreed. I just do not see the appeal. And I love Pixar movies. Inside Out was my number one of last year. And I love Ellen. Two. Yeah, and I like it. Oh, oh, I, love I love Ellen, Ellen too. But
0: yeah, Dory needs to be a secondary character. Yes. Absolutely. She yes, cannot she does. carry she is a, a, a movie. Sidekick. She yes.
2: was designed to be a sidekick. Yes. That's like making a movie about Robin. Nobody wants to watch that no. movie.
1: I don't even want to watch a movie about Batman, much less a movie about <laughs> Robin. Damn it, I was like... <laughs>
0: Bad example,
1: Rach.
0: Good example. Just baited. It's like he just baited
1: Brandon for that. I'd rather I'd say. see a movie about Robin, to be honest. He'd be more, He'd be more than nah, one note. He'd be more than, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. <laughs>
0: He'd be like a little bitch, man. Batman, take him out. <laughs> <laughs> then
1: you get, whatever. you get Alfred, too. I'll right. the Undory, man. Okay, good. And,
0: and it's, and I've, I made the same argument for Finding Nemo as well. I think when you... What Pixar does so well is that they cater to adults in their movies. Yep. And in both Nemo and Dory, you have a character, a main character who talks like a five-year-old, and that
1: just completely is distracting yep. for me. 100%. Totally agree. Uh, all right, Jacob, your most underrated movie of 2016. Well, I could go with Deepwater
0: Horizon. <laughs> I could go with uh, Allied or Snowden. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to go with Whiskey, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Oh, good um, choice. It was actually in my top ten for a lot of the year. Um i just uh, I always kind of uh harp on this one is that I think that comedians um can be underrated actors. I think Robin Williams was the probably the best of the best at it yes, and here uh we have um tina fey and that she's she's great. I mean, she has all her little Nick snacks that make her Tina Fey, but I think she just shows what seems to be a real character so well. She does this really a lot of her movies, but a lot of the reviews I saw of Whiskey Tango Foxtrot were this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It's like it doesn't know if it's a drama, if it's a biography, if it's a comedy, and it's like who cares? I mean, I I don't care that it's all of those things. I, I just like the story that it told and that it took like someone who I think has a lot of personality, a lot of. Uh, um, talent and they just they just put into this interesting story of a, of a writer who goes over to Afghanistan she meets people and she's in dangerous situations I thought it was a really really good story really fun characters very well casted uh, all over the place even Billy Bob Thornton who has a, a small role as a general in it he's great it's a really good movie very underrated
2: I saw. I like. I don't like it as much as you did, but I thought that um, the reviews that it was getting was unfair to that movie. It yeah. was better than the reviews that it got, and I do think it's worth seeing for sure. It just wasn't. It definitely wasn't even on my radar as the most underrated. But it's it's it mostly is around. Good. It's mostly around
1: a five um, for most reviews I've seen. on right. the, like average. That's I wrong. think
2: I gave it a seven. Yeah, I mean, or, that's fair. Yeah,
1: I'm glad you brought it up, though. It's a movie that just really hasn't been talked about, which is kind of the definition of what underrated is. I yep. mean, it kind of came and went, and that was it. Uh, good choice. Rachel, your most underrated movie of the year.
2: Hunt for the Will of People, uh, which yeah. seems really obvious since it's my number two, so I won't go on about it. But you really should see it. It's my most underrated movie of the uh, year. It falls in those
0: indie categories. Almost all indie movies are going to be underrated. Yeah. You know, almost.
2: Yeah. This is true. That's all I got. I just oh, talked no, about yeah, it for a
1: while. It was your number two, and it's completely unseen. Seems like I a really guess, obvious so. pick. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> brainer. see it. My most underrated movie is movie I was probably most shocked by this year. Um, the reviews on it were terrible, and it it was okay at the box office, but it just kind of came and went, and it was considered a dud, but it's Passengers. I really, really liked this uh, movie. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, I really liked this movie. I've
2: Spirit. heard a lot of good things about Passengers. The reviews were bad, but word of mouth has been really good on yeah, it. Yeah,
1: Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. I'm a fan, like I said earlier. Uh, a lot of tensions is created through this claustrophobic feeling. Just, just two characters. Three, if you ca- count uh, Michael Sheen's character, who's great in this. He plays a droid bartender, and uh, he's kind of the lightheartedness in the movie. Anyways, it's... It was just marketed wrong. It was marketed kind of as a science fiction action movie, and it's not that at all. It's more of a romance within this... Confined area. Confined area, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I And actually, as more time goes on, I like it even more. And maybe that's because I'm pissed that everybody else gave it such bad reviews. It's
0: just funny because in a time period where... I think you're kind of... There just aren't as many... A actors anymore, or a blockbuster actors right. anymore, and here we have two in the yeah. same movie. Yeah, you and you figured that it, it would have
1: been was bombing. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so it seemed like fail proof with those two. Yeah, exactly. And and yet a good movie, and it failed. So weird. Jacob, your most hated movie of the year. What movie did you hate the most this year?
0: Um, yeah, I. uh <laughs> Mike and Dave needing wedding dates is right up there. I mean, yeah. Tarzan's an easy target. It's just so stupid. But I, I just, I hated Independence Day resurgence. This goes with all of my soft reboot complaints I have all the time. But I just, I was so mad while watching this movie. I wanted to walk out so bad. It was in this movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we were reviewing it. <sighs> I don't know. I just would rather stab a knife in my thigh multiple times and watch, I mean, to see movies like this, they just, they just make me so angry. Uh, it, it's mostly the the practicality, the common sense. The common sense is so important to almost all movies, I believe. And right. in action movies, well, shoot, horror movies, gosh, that's what's one of the biggest running jokes in Hollywood is yes. no common sense in horror movies. Right. Yeah. And this movie is an action movie. It just, it, it went to other levels that was so unnecessary. The first one that comes to mind is, Oh, the older guy—he was um, the father. Anyway, he's uh, driving the bus around with all the kids on it. Just, just ridiculous. Oh, and speaking of older guy, like it's like they tried to bring back all these actors from the '90s to carry this movie. Yep. Jeff Goldblum clearly didn't give a shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, he was just collecting the paycheck. I think they just happened to be like the headliners in these movies, so right. uh, it was just—I'm uh, not going to waste more breath on it. It sucked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it did. It, it it did suck, and it's too bad because the cast is so good that there's a lot of potential there. And the premise is interesting. Screw that movie. Rachel, <laughs> your most hated movie of the year.
2: Sausage Party. Man, yeah. it sounds stupid to be like, I was really disappointed in a movie about food having sex with each other. It's just not nearly as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but that's true. Um, from all the previews, it looked like it was going to be clever immature humor yeah with a lot of actors with a lot of actors and i really liked uh this is the end i thought there was a lot of clever stuff in there so i had Mm -hmm. high hopes for sausage party and it was really just a big chance to bash religion which you're allowed to think whatever you want but i just don't know why you gotta go around and bash what other people think and just so heavy-handed uh so I was just – I was actually pretty excited about it, and it was really, really disappointing. Like, I didn't – even even the stuff that was not offensive to me on a personal level just really wasn't that funny. So just an all-around fail. The best jokes were the ones that were in the previews, and it really wasn't worth my time.
1: I totally agree with all that. 100% agree with that.
0: I wouldn't be – I just – I wish I were flying the wall for all the parents who took their children to this movie because they thought it was going to be a funny Oh, cartoon. they tried
2: so hard to warn people, so... I just want to see, like, a YouTube yeah. video of yeah. people just getting up and walking out, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> 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 There's a hot dog and buns, guys. I mean... <laughs> Even well, your first of, hint.
1: A lot of the humor is just so simple, like so, like dumb, like like easy kick humor, kick to the
2: crotch kind of humor. Yeah, I yep. just,
1: I was, I was really, really disappointed in it. I, I thought it was a lousy, it was, lousy a, movie. It was a waste of time. Yeah, uh, that was close to being my pick for uh, hated movie of the year, but I hated one more, and that movie is Batman v Superman. <laughs> uh, all I'm going to say about this is Martha. That scene alone, Martha, Martha, Martha. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that scene alone is just so dumb. I hate that they run the Superman character, try to make him a depressed, dark dummy. Um, the best thing I can say about Batman v. Superman is that Ben Affleck was pretty good.
0: He was good he was it. He was pretty good. He the one scene good. where they duplicate the raid was awesome, where, you know, where he's actually murdering a bunch of people, which Batman totally does yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, they, they, Zack Snyder ruining that franchise. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Warner Brothers ruining, terrible. That, ruining that comic book.
1: The, the only, really, the only thing I really liked about Batman being Superman is how much fun I've had hating it. I do like that.
0: <laughs> it is kind of fun to watch all the YouTube stuff on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jacob, next category. This is a fun one. What was the biggest surprise for you this year?
0: Uh, I'd of you 17. Yeah. Yeah,
1: just because
0: uh, it could be so easily all those other teeny bopper movies, but, uh, you know, just was
1: a good heartwarming movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Rachel, your biggest surprise this year. Keanu, yeah, because a movie <laughs> it looked like it was going to be the about worst.
2: a gangster cat wasn't disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, high expectations for things. No, I, uh, I'm not a big Keanu and peel fan as far as their show is concerned. Them as people, I, I think they seem like nice people, um, but I don't generally find them all that funny. However, they came up with one joke in Keanu about Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton? Nope.
1: No George Michael. George, George Michael.
2: Michael. And ran with that joke and it was funny every was time great. and it was the redeeming factor of the movie otherwise it just would have been very meh but that joke was funny and was effective every time it was used it so was. kudos I, I to them I, I laughed this year me too I uh, me expected too. this movie to be maybe a three or a four and yeah. it was like a six or seven yeah
1: yeah, and yeah. I was shocked by that. Yeah,
2: me too. I got good solid laughs out of it and yeah. I never would have seen that
1: coming. My my pick is in the same exact vein yours. My pick is a movie that I thought it was gonna be terrible. I was pissed when I saw the trailers. I was pissed when I heard they were gonna do it. I thought the idea for it was so stupid. Shout outs to a trio of comedies I didn't choose that I was surprised by Central Intelligence, Bad Moms and Why Him. Thought they were all gonna be stupid, they were all good, but the movie I'm talking about that I was prepared to hate and I was surprised and like, well, it was okay. It was Ghostbusters.
3: Once
1: what? I, no. Once I heard that Ghostbusters was going to be an all-female cast and they're remaking it, I just thought it was going to be terrible. And was it a good movie? No. But was it terrible? No. Yes. I don't think it was terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm like,
2: actually with Brandon on this. I, I uh, was, so I was surprised that I didn't hate it. That's how I am. I, it's not like I'm. I think saying, I gave it a five or something. But yeah. I it think didn't I gave it, it. A,
1: a, like a. I might have given it like a five or six. Five or I'm six. Sure, yeah. which I still want you to watch good. it again. Then you're going to watch I, it again. i it's so once. Dumb. I was, dumb, I was definitely it's, it's dumb how dumb.
2: stupid they made uh, what's his butt Chris Hemsworth just, just so st- oh they was, made him like ridiculous but it did supply some laughs it did Yeah. Uh, but
1: I thought Kate McKinnon was really funny I thought uh, Kristen Wiig I don't know I it was just better than I thought guys I'm not saying I'm gonna go buy it on Blu-ray no I'm with
2: you I thought it was gonna be awful and it ended up being eh. average I thought it was pretty awful
0: did you? <laughs> yes. My expectations I the, were the actresses were just competing with each other and they were all over the place.
1: Leslie Jones was all right. i, I, I actually was, Leslie
0: Jones wasn't as bad as I thought she was gonna be. Yeah.
2: She was my favorite one actually. Yeah, like I,
1: her and Kate McKinnon. I don't know. I
0: Kate McKinnon was okay. It's the other two were just drove me nuts. Wig and um Melissa McCarthy. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can see that.
0: Hey, I plus look, it, plus it, it's like if you're gonna redo blockbusters or whatever bring back Dan Aykroyd and them as the former Ghostbusters. Don't try to bring them in as these other characters. cameos. Right, just, cameos yeah. just
1: let them be. I agree with that. Like, keep the yeah. tradition going of who they were and like, like, Hey, we're female Ghostbusters now. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I hated that part of it. I hated it. You really like the original
0: Ghostbusters though, right? Well, I'm not one of those diehard fans. I don't, you know, what, you know, collect all the the toys. and right. friends, Kids like that. I just really, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, fun movie. And, just let
1: these movies die, create no, something No, I
2: absolutely new. agree. Just leave them yeah. alone. <laughs> but I was just surprised I didn't ruin everything about it.
1: Jacob, your biggest disappointment of the year?
0: Well, um, I really want to go with Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. But really, it's Central Intelligence. Uh, I was uh, coming off of Strangely Get Hard, which I had no aspirations of. I'm not a big Kevin Hart fan, but I love The Rock. And I thought that the trailers for this looked pretty funny. And anyway, Kevin Hartman would
1: laugh quite a bit and get hard.
0: And so I was going into... (laughs) <laughs> it
1: sounded like you said Kevin Hart he laughed quite a bit And get hard He made you laugh And get a bone. No this I mean. is a disappointing movie Yeah my bad Not my a surprising bad. movie Nothing but professionals <laughs> here <laughs>
0: um, I just was so bored By this movie I hardly laughed Seriously it. I just I thought was, it was so bummed Oh you're I'm wrong.
2: with Jacob on this so one so no, I, I think you're both wrong I think they showed All the jokes in the previews no. I thought it fell really flat yeah, I too. thought it was yeah. One of the funniest movies of the year
1: It's actually s- One of my biggest surprises of the year there was so much
0: impractical stuff. I, look, I mean, it's a comedy. I don't ask like how do you say, how do you talk about common sense And Dumb and Dumber, but it has it somehow. And this one, you know, we have them shooting up the office, and, and you know when they're all kind of running around in the, in the mail room. I mean, that was just ridiculous.
1: Ah, uh, it's a comedy. Like
2: I, doesn't I, work. I think because it's, it doesn't work. Maybe she me. wasn't really with the storyline. It just wasn't funny.
1: Yeah, was I thought it was hilarious. I thought The it. Rock was so
2: funny. I love it. The Rock. I read his book. And I, I love hate The books. I, mean, I
1: mean, he thought he was he hilarious. Was kind of he was kind of funny. No, he was hilarious. The whole like obsession with unicorns and all <laughs> that. I just like the the whole like wearing a fanny pack, still feeling like he's like the nerd from the nineties, and still talking so, like that. That's just it, though. Like
0: going for the fanny pack, and it's like, is that really necessary? Oh, I you thought know. it was funny. I
2: didn't think that. I just didn't think it was funny. Like this yeah. is
0: a movie where you look at um, just friends, a kind of a similar situation, right? Oh, he I was loved fat just when friends. he was younger, and he grows up to be some kind of that works better for some reason. You'll see just him friends wearing around a better. fanny
1: pack, you know. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm totally against everything y'all both said. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's fine. Rachel, your biggest disappointment of the year.
2: X Men Apocalypse. Oh, oh Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have freaking look at their cast. Look at the freaking cast. Yeah. They, they just completely dropped the, the ball. The cast is fantastic. They have a great cast. They have X Men. There's so many things you can do with X Men. Yeah. Like, you can go multiple different ways. And they just. And uh, the last one was such a redeeming one to well, me two, that, that yeah. I felt like, okay, we're on the right track now with X Men, which is what I grew up with a lot of X Men. Um but it was it was so disappointing plus you're
0: you're a big fan of um,
2: Oscar Isaac Oscar Isaac right and And they just completely messed up there was no reason for their for him to even be I don't know why they paid Oscar Isaac to do it when they could have hired any actor (laughs) put him in a bunch of makeup and had him say a few lines he was
0: really pretty boring actually he was
2: incredibly boring Uh, just just everything about it was a fail it was so disappointing to me and I had such high hopes
0: So curious where they're going to go with this X-Men franchise right now because, you know, I think this is going to be uh, Logan, I believe, is going to be the last movie for uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yep, Logan's his last one. So what are we going to do with this franchise? Interesting.
2: I don't know, but I will say that while Hugh Jackman was interesting at the beginning, he's not... (laughs) Uh, I think we're done. I think we're done with well, Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. Jennifer Lawrence
0: clearly is checked out too. And obviously she hates her makeup. Oh, you <laughs> read about that anyway. She right. hates the whole makeup Everybody, stuff. That's why she's anybody not wearing would. it anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just, what are they going to do with this franchise? Hmm. Hopefully they go down the Marvel path and
1: not the uh, Batman path. I will <laughs> say I'm
2: only going to be cautiously optimistic about it from now on. So there's that. Yep, That's Brandon. a good choice.
1: That is a really, really good choice. My biggest disappointment of the year, it had some strong candidates with... Uh, Sausage Party, which you mentioned, and Suicide Squad, which was a DC movie I was actually looking forward to, strangely enough. Uh, but my biggest disappointment of the year was uh, much like Dumb and Dumber 2 and Anchorman 2, uh, one of my all-time favorite comedies that had a sequel years and years later and just failed to live up to the original, failed to live up to expectations. I'm talking about Zoolander 2. Loved the original. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite comedies. And the second one, while not as big Nah, I would say it's pretty equal, with Dumb and Dumber too. It's with not the, as bad
2: as I feared it would be. too yeah. It, I didn't, that. I didn't cringe through the whole thing, right. but I walked out like, just yeah, well, that funny.
0: wasn't good. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. So were they just redoing jokes again?
1: Yeah, they're redoing. They jokes. recycled they a were, lot. They and they, the characters hadn't really grown at all, which is fine. It just, it just, you know, the first one was just so sharp and witty. You know, it's so funny to me. And sidetrack here, like you can have a TV show like a sitcom that can have 25 episodes per season for multiple seasons and they keep it up. How come a movie that's 90 minutes long, it can be brilliant in 1994 and then you wait 20 years and you don't have enough material for 90 more minutes to be funny or clever? It's so weird <laughs> to me. Like it doesn't make any sense. i I yep. thought about
0: that quite a bit too. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's just so apparently with Zulina, they did the same thing with uh,
0: – anchorman 2 and dumb and dumber yeah, recycle jokes and just missed opportunities yeah it was it's they just really keep bummer. dwelling on the things that made us laugh the first time it's like well come please, up with some new just stuff give me the benefit of the doubt yeah you know that if you come up with something new i'll still laugh right right it's yep. frustrating yep
1: all right so uh i think we all have the same answer on this one you'd be lying <laughs> if you didn't the biggest wtf movie of the year or as jacob likes to call it the uh holy 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 mutters award yeah this is going to one two three (laughs) yeah there is no doubt about it we've talked about it a couple times already on this show but i mean i mean it's really freaking weird you're
0: gonna be watching it, just be like what am i watching
1: it's an all-time wtf so easily the biggest wtf this year without a doubt yeah so uh but still great but still great. It's up for screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> and deservedly so. Such a simple movie. Uh, so it all comes full circle.
0: <laughs> well, actually, I do have a couple uh questions because I always think this is kind of cool. Uh, Brandon, Rach, how many movies did y'all end up watching
1: this year? How many would you guess that we've watched this year?
2: I think I watched 76. It's in the 70s. You're going to be over 100 because you're always over 100.
1: Right. I always average about
0: the same, which is around 60. I think I'm at 63 this year. But That's really not I'm, bad. I think last year you were like 158, 159.
1: It's yeah. just nuts. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually right around 160, 150, 160. I was a little bit down this year. I got married and pregnant and engaged this year. So a <laughs> not little in bit that down. order. Yeah, yeah. yeah, able to squeeze in. Yeah, <laughs> I, was able to, I was still able to squeeze in about 135 movies there. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts, man. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, well, actually, were there some movies that we just didn't get a chance to see this year?
1: yeah there were actually I'll say
0: that since I'm the one that asked the question y'all can think on it I didn't get to see Fences I didn't get to see wow. Silence I was really disappointed about either. not seeing one of those
1: my biggest one uh, was Silence the biggest one that I didn't see that I really wanted to see was Silence but there are a few other ones uh, A Man Called Ove which is nominated for Best Foreign Film The Salesman which is nominated for Best Foreign Film The Wailing which is a Japanese horror thriller movie uh, and Neon Demon; those are a few that I didn't get yeah, to see. Yeah, I that didn't I really get see, to see Neon Demon either. I like yeah. Nicholas Winning Reffin.
2: Yep, uh, I didn't see a lot of the heavy hitters. Actually, I didn't see Arrival, Fences, Lion, or Loving. Really, I will. Oh, I do bruh. plan on seeing Lion this week. I want, definitely want to see that one before the Oscars. The rest of them, I'm fine with waiting till afterwards. But
0: I did squeeze in Loving uh, a couple of weeks ago. A great movie. I mean, like Jeff Nichols just knows how to write stories yeah, so well. It is. Um, where are any themes that you all kind of saw throughout the year?
1: I think Rachel mentioned it earlier when she talked about how many depressing movies there were this year. That was actually me. Oh, but, that was... Yeah, yeah. One of you <laughs> But said it was it. a
0: product of having just... I thought the theme was terrible blockbusters. It was just bad. Yeah. I also yeah. thought the theme this year was enclosed areas, whether it was Clover, 10 Cloverfield Lane. You mentioned Passengers. Yeah. Uh, they just seemed like they're... Oh, uh, well... Maybe it's just because I'm fresh off a scene split, but that's really gonna be for two thousand seventeen. Right. Yeah, but you're right. I mean the
1: same same type of yeah.
0: <laughs> but there true. yeah, there was like a, a bunch of sad movies this year, it seemed like.
1: Yeah. There were. There were a lot of sad movies. So even though it was my question, I answered my own questions with any other ones that you I could
3: think
1: of. <laughs> uh, no, I think that pretty much I I think that you nailed it and didn't give us really any other choices to, to... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <It's just fine. laughs>
0: uh, Actually, just in general, are there any movies that we just didn't talk about tonight that we should at least mention? Actually, Rach, you said Arrival, and I thought it was very good. It just wasn't in my top ten.
1: Yeah, yeah I and nominated for Best Picture, too. Yep,
2: just haven't seen it.
1: Uh, I want to give a shout-out to The Jungle Book, some of the best yes. effects of the year, oh my gosh, and, yeah. and and hovering at my number ten spot. Um, and then, I, this sounds like a stupid one to bring up for right at the end of the show, but as a horror movie fan, and the, probably the most scared I was in the movie theater this year was Lights Out so no great movie by any means but probably the but freakiest freakiest movie I saw this year besides which
2: hey Deadpool was also good oh yeah, so yeah.
0: throw Deadpool. that out there yeah good call uh, I'll also mention uh, The Handmaiden which was really big was really high on a lot of critics list I thought it was really good um, you know and it's the same director that did Old Boy, and he's got a great great I style I love him yeah um, it's a Park Chan-woo uh Chan Wook Park. Man, yeah. Screwed that up. <laughs> um I thought that was great. Um uh, I mentioned Sully a little bit earlier. Popstar. We haven't even talked about Popstar. Yeah, was a Never fun, Stopping. Yeah, and Sam Bird. That was a really good comedy also. And we you know we kinda of blew past that one. Um
1: Zootopia, one of the biggest movies of the year.
0: Right. Agreed. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, I just want to give a shout-out to um, Hugh Grant. I thought he was great in it. And actually, I feel like he kind of got snubbed on an Oscar nomination for
1: it. Yeah, he did. Everybody thought he was going to yeah. get nominated, and I wish he would have got nominated. The last one I want to mention is uh, Nocturnal Animals. It was kind of a fringe <sighs> Oscar movie. I just could not squeeze that in. Is it good? I really liked it. Really? I actually okay. think it's underrated. Okay, I, I'm a big fan. It tells two parallel stories, and I thought it was actually a really, really good movie. That's the same director that, as well.
0: that did Criminal... Um, is that right? Enemy. Uh, oh, sorry. Okay.
3: Yeah, the enemy. D- enemy. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, uh, that's, that's that's a cool movie. Actually, I want to rewatch. Not to, it was actually one of my favorites of the year. Um, so go see that. Cool. So that is our favorite movies of the year. What are some of your picks? Go to our SoundCloud page and our Facebook page and let us know. We're gonna leave you with another selection. Maybe Best Picture winner here in just a few days. This is City of Stars, sung by Ryan Gosling in La La Land by Justin Hurwitz. Thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction. City of Stars, are you shining just for me? City of Stars, there's so much that I can't see. Who no. knows? I felt it from the first embrace I shared with you
2: That now our dreams may finally come true
3: City of stars Just one thing everybody wants There in the bars through the smokescreen of the crowded restaurants, <laughs> it's love, yes, all we're looking for is love from someone else, a rush, a glance, a touch, a dance, a look in somebody's eyes to light up the skies, to open the world and send it really, a voice that's Says I'll be here and you'll be alright I don't care if I know know just where I will go Cause all that that I need is that crazy feeling I got tapped out of my heart Think I want it to stay
1: City of stars are you shining just for me? city of star
3: You never shined so brightly.